Blog Talk Radio. Working man in sports radio here on a Sunday morning. It is that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues each and every Sunday at noon in the off season of the NFL and at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time during the NFL season. We are here in season number nine, episode 14. Thanks for joining us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we get set. We're going to talk about a lot of things here today as we got a three-hour extravaganza all set once again for you to get going and get set for the week. But last night, it happened on Friday. It started Friday as Champions Indoor Football had four games, one of them under Friday night indoor lights, and then three of them Saturday night. And it started out with the Revolution and uh, the – team that maybe should be able to win a game and get over the hump against the Kansas City Phantom in Kansas City. Not only that, by the way, I'm talking about champions indoor football, because if you think football season's over, you're just not paying attention to me, or you're not paying attention just in general, or you just, you know, if you can't use this as that, um, Thing that gets you over the hump until football season here, you're just too picky. You just don't you realize some of the fun things that happen. We're going to talk about those, but the Kansas City Phantoms, they were at home. They took on the Texas Revolution, and the Revolution, you know, winners of their last four, and they were, you know, basically turned around if you were looking at it and you were seeing what was going on with them. Um, and they went into Kansas City, and Kansas City just kind of just kind of kicked them in the teeth in this game. As the revolution got started out really quick in this game, the problem is it's really simple. Yeah, the Kansas City Phantoms came to play in this game. And there is something to be said about a team that will go out there and put it on the line every single time. And when you looked at the numbers and you seen what was going on in that game, you had to ask yourself the question, what team showed up? Because the Texas Revolution had been playing well. They took it to the uh, Duke City Gladiators the week before that and the week before that, the Amarillo Venom, the two top teams in the South, and they didn't get the job done with the team that's sitting on the bottom in the north. So it was one of those games where you looked at it and said that it was a tale of two teams. And the tale of two teams wasn't on the Texas Revolution side as they got beat 41-28. And they got their quarterback, and they were really happy with him. 
uh, but they only managed 14 points in the first quarter, and then they were outscored in the second and third quarter, 34 to nothing, and that right there pretty much wrote the book on what was going on uh, as they were up 34 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. The Revolution outscored the Phantom in the fourth quarter, 14 to seven, but not before the game was over, and the Phantoms had a 41-28 to 28, uh, win there. Donovan Portier, he is 18-31, to 31, 161 yards, four touchdowns. He also uh, ran the ball a little bit, but he didn't get into the end zone. In fact, he ran for a negative. Uh, but Markel White, he had eight carries for 16 yards, but it was Julian Walker who had the big-time receiving Six catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. Also, Pierce had two catches, 22 yards, and a touchdown. And Zachary Fondell, uh, he's an offensive lineman, by the way. Two catches, 22 yards, and one touchdown. On the other side for the Texas Revolution, Andrew Jackson, 20 of 42, 173 yards, three touchdowns, but three interceptions. Those three turnovers will cost almost any team a game in champions indoor football, and that actually did. Darius Fudge, 13 rushes, 13 yards, and a touchdown. And Tavares Williams, three catches, 26 yards, two touchdowns. And Fudge also, seven catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. So Friday night under the indoor football lights was uh, was a game where you just looked at it and you thought, well, the way that the teams are playing, this one should be easy. However, that having been said, that's the name of this show. Uh, Donovan Portier goes ahead and proves why he was the MVP last year with a good performance out on the football field. So that was an exciting game, um, but which took us to Saturday's game. And how am I going to figure out which one we're going to talk about first or second or third, three games that are going on? I'm going to save the best for last because it was a good one. It went into overtime. But it was the other game, uh, the Bandits. Cruising along and playing very well, by the way, just to let everybody know. The Bandits get a 77-31 victory over the Omaha Beef, and the Bandits were on the road. And it's hard to get a victory on the road. I mean, really hard to get a victory on the road in indoor football. It really is. And when you looked at the numbers and you seen what happened in this one, uh, the beef just didn't show up. They they weren't ready. Uh, the beef now they are four and seven uh, within uh, the uh, record. As Sioux City Bandits, they improved to seven and three out on the season. And it was Nadler, eleven eighteen hundred and sixty four yards, five touchdowns, only one interception. Darian Miller, eight rushes, sixty two yards, and two touchdowns. And uh, uh, Virgie's also, he had 10 rushes, 46 yards, and a touchdown. And Frederick Bruno, the guy that just never stops, six rushes, 27 yards. He also had a touchdown. He also had two receiving touchdowns as he caught three passes for 48 yards and two touchdowns. Brandon Shepard also with a touchdown, one catch, 40 yards. It was a long, nice bomb there. And uh, T.J. Oates. Uh, two catches, 23 yards, as he's got in for a touchdown. And Abraham, he had two catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown. On the other side, when you look at Chuck Wright, new at the quarterback position, didn't have a great game. Uh, John Gibbs had to come in. He didn't have a great game. But uh, when you looked at the numbers and see what happened, it wasn't pretty. It was a game where it was 14 to 28 between the two quarterbacks, 130 yards, only one touchdown, the two, uh, three interceptions. Right there, you saw what was going on 
as far as the game was concerned. This was simple. This was a game between two quarterbacks on one team and one on the other. Obviously, when you have two quarterbacks, that means you have – and you're playing the backup, you have a problem at your starting quarterback position. And that's what ended up happening there for the Omaha Beef. And they take that loss. And that was a bad loss within the standings. We'll talk about those in just a moment. Uh, but that was a bad loss within the standings for the Omaha Beef. And we'll get to that here in just a moment on why that was such a problem. Uh, but a uh, good game, uh, you know, for Sioux City. They went out and they handled their business on the road. And that is a tough thing to do within this or anything else. Um, and just ask the uh, Amarillo Venom. As they were on the road, they were taking on the Duke City Gladiators. Now, the Duke City Gladiators take the loss to the Revolution last week uh, in um, Texas. Now on their own home field, they get a big-time victory. Is one that was needed because this right here decided in reality who's going to win this out. The Duke City Gladiators get the victory, 79-63. to And this one was all about just performance at the quarterback position. And that one interception is not necessarily the reason why the – Venom lost that game, but it was a big factor in the game because they scored a touchdown on that interception. So that having been said, of course, that's the name of this show, 29-46, 301 yards, eight touchdowns, one interception. He also rushed one in. That was Nate Davis at the quarterback position for the Amarillo Venom. Uh, Good performance. When you looked at the numbers, you liked what you got there. But on the other side, folks, I want to tell you, there's a guy that's going to be fighting for the MVP just just plugging along, not not throwing con- crazy numbers that you've seen at the quarterback position this year. Caleb Holbrook, 14-21, 221 yards, six touchdowns, and he also ran one in himself. So a total of seven touchdowns getting the victory at home. Uh, and also Justin Kelly, eight rushes, 22 yards, Four touchdowns. This was the guy who just put his head down and just ran through. Dylan Davis, four receiving touchdowns, eight catches, 119 yards. Dexter Manley with the touchdown pass, as well as Juwan Lewis with the touchdown pass. That's what you were getting in that game. That game was a good one to watch, but the uh, Venom unable to get the victory in that game. We'll talk about those standings here in just a moment. Because when you take a look at the standings and what's going on, it's beginning to take shape. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. But it was the game of the night, and this is one where I watched a lot of this game. I, I watched a lot of all of them. I watched all of them. I had all three of them going on. But my eyes kept coming back to this one. It started first, so it started at 630. And I want to tell you, this was a game that came down to the final minute, then down to the final 30 seconds, then down to the final second. And a game that goes into overtime, an awesome game out on the football field. And it was about defense in the overtime. And the Salina Liberty, unfortunately, don't get the victory at home on their final game against the Quad City Steamwheelers, which, by the way, folks, are on a roll with their champions indoor football. They get a 71-65 victory in overtime against the Salina Liberty. And this game right here was a tale between two quarterbacks as well. 
because you had two quarterbacks play halfway decent. Now, when I talk halfway decent, you look at Derek Bernard. He was 10 to 20, 97 yards, two touchdowns. That's it. But it wasn't what he did in the air. It's what he did on the ground. 14 rushes, 73 yards, four touchdowns rushing. And then Dominique Carson added a couple up on top of it. So six rushing touchdowns in this game for the Salina Liberty and two passing. And on the other side of it, you looked at it, E.J. Hilliard, great game. 16 of 24, 239, six touchdown passes. Also, don't forget about the three that he rushed in on 21 rushing attempts. He got 38 yards and three touchdowns. So, Tyler Williams just continuing to have a good season. 12 rushes, 45 yards as well. Um, also, a rushing touchdown goes to Ke- uh, Keon Root. He had a two-yard touchdown plunge to get into the end zone. So this was an interesting game to watch, but it was about kickoff returns on the other side as they exchanged kickoff returns, which was kind of cool. And now it might've been a different game where they did that because now that I'm looking at the stats, I don't see a kickoff return for touchdown. So, but that was, that was probably in another game, which was exciting, but Isaiah Barfield, he had a 50 yard touchdown uh, return in the end zone. Uh, So he took it all the way back, which helped them. But this one got down to the final second of the game, folks, in regulation. With no time on the the clock, a uh, pass of 25 yards to Kevon Rudd, okay? And then they got the two-point conversion, which is what they needed to get to tie the game to go into overtime. And this is just when the Salina Liberty scored a touchdown to take the lead, uh, 65 to 57. So with 30 seconds left to go on the clock, the Quad City Seamwheelers took it down to the final seconds and final seconds to push it into overtime. And that's where he ended up with the Tyler Johnson for a 15-yard touchdown from A.J. Hilliard. So great game out, great things going on in Champions Indoor Football. It was an exciting weekend, folks. I say it, and I say it all the time. Okay, if you think football season's over, you're not paying attention. Get over to Champions Indoor Football. Hell, for all that matters, just watch some indoor football. You can go on YouTube and find them on YouTube. You can go to Pluto TV, catch these games on Pluto TV, a free app, so you still have access to football. It was an exciting weekend, one of the best And Champions Indoor Football. What they are doing is taking it down to the wire. We have got 15 weeks of football. Next week is week 14. Two more weeks before we get into the playoffs and move on to that. So exciting stuff going on in Champions Indoor Football. Before we move on, because I know we got our co-hosts online, just want to hop in and give you an idea of what the standings are uh, within the league. In the north, Salina, Quad City, Sioux City, all at 7-3. and three. I'm not sure has, who has the head-to-head. I'll get all that information later. I just haven't had time to look. So three of those teams in the north are sitting at 7-3. and three. Bismarck at 4-6. and six. Then Omaha 4-7 and seven after the loss last night. Kansas City with the win improves to 3-7. Uh, and seven. In the south, 8-2 and two for the Duke City. Gladiators 7-3 and three for the Amarillo Venom. This is where it gets really interesting, guys, because in Champions Indoor Football for the playoffs, it's the top three teams are guaranteed playoff spots within the 
within the uh, conferences. So right now, if the season ended, Salina, Quad City, and Sioux City are in the playoffs because they're the top three in the north. In the uh, south, the top three are the Duke City Gladiators, 8-2, and two, Amarillo, 7-3. and three. And as it stands right now, 4-6 and six is the next number that gets there. However, Wichita has the tiebreaker over the Texas Revolution. So Wichita would get the automatic bid. Then there's two more spots in wildcard wild from the north and south. So as of right now, it would be the Texas Revolution at four and six in the south battling out with the Kansas City Phantoms, who they right now have a one-game uh, lead over, a game and a half actually. And then at four and six, they have a uh, half game over the Omaha Beef. And then the Texas Revolution at four and six, um, and this will go on as far as conferences are concerned. Bismarck has the conference tiebreaker over the Texas Revolution. So it would be the top three, Salina, Quad City, Sioux City, and the South Duke City, Amarillo, and Wichita. And the final two spots as of right now would be the Bismarck Bucks and the Texas Revolution. And uh, so that's where we are. The Omaha and Kansas City out of the playoffs if they ended now. But it doesn't end there. Because we got two more exciting weeks. If Kansas City wins out, they can make a big deal, depending on who's going to win. Uh, same thing with the Omaha Beef. If they win out, they could be it could be really interesting. As well as the Texas Revolution, they are going up against the Duke City Gladiators this uh, upcoming week, which, which will be a big, big, big time game. So a lot of things can happen. We have ten te- uh, uh, nine teams right now battling it out. Mark that. We have 10 teams battling it out for eight playoff spots. So should be really good. Keep your eyes and ears open for updates here on the Couch Potato Sports Show and our coverage of Champions Indoor Football as we usually wait for the high and tight to get in here because he's usually a little late. But he isn't all that late today. So we're going to hit the button right there and bring him on in. Your ass better call somebody. Fine co-host of this program. It's Sunday morning. It's Memorial Day weekend as well. I called to find out if he was gonna make it, and he is. He's here. How you doing, my friend? Sonny, I'm good. How are you, my friend? I I am I'm I'm pumped. I'm I'm pumped because of what's happening in indoor football. Uh that we usually take that little bit of time that it takes for you to get in to go over champions indoor football and the things that happen. So I'm pumped going into the last two weeks of uh, champions indoor football in their season. I can tell, Sonny. I was listening to a little bit of the uh, updates that you were given as far as playoffs and, and how the season's going. Woo! And sounds like it's a good time. Yeah. See, got to get Pluto TV, download it and watch it. You get to watch it for free. It's a free by the way, but that that's pretty cool. Said. That's the name of yes, that hasn't been said. The name of this show. There we go. Um, you know, lots of things going on in the sporting world, which is what we're going to cover. And, but I want to just jump right into the NBA Cuervo. Because, why not, right? Because uh, that's what's going on. They have the playoffs going on in the NBA right now. And why? Why is that exciting for Sunny? And it's mainly because of my prediction last week, Cuervo. Um, as much and your reasoning different than mine, 
We have a game seven today where the Cleveland Cavaliers are on the road to take on Boston. And this game mm-hmm. where, Bo, um, happens tonight at 7.30 Central Standard Time, 5.30 your time. I have a feeling this is this right here, Cuervo, in the playoffs. I, I, I don't know how much basketball you have been watching, but I, if you haven't, if you're a LeBron quote-unquote hater or a guy that says, hey, let's see if LeBron can actually do it yet again, remember what he did a couple of years ago, putting the series on his shoulders, that's what he's going to have to do here today when he takes on the Boston Celtics later on this afternoon. Right, he absolutely has to, and, and and the thing that's going against LeBron is this game's on the road, so it's really going to test not just LeBron, but the whole team. Um, you know, yes. Can they overcome? Can they overcome that uh, that challenge of of being able to win a game seven uh, on the road? Now, if you remember, two years ago they went into Golden State in the finals and they closed it out uh, yep. on the road, but. You're talking about a team that had Kyrie Irving too, Sonny, and now he's on the other side. Uh, you know, regardless of he, you know, the fact that he's in street clothes, uh, you know, he's not in a Cleveland Cavaliers uh, uniform. Regardless, so it's it's a lot different. The challenge is going to be a lot bigger than it was when they uh, were fighting for that championship two years ago. So it's it's going to be interesting to see who is going to step up to help LeBron. Uh, in winning this game tonight. Big question in that one. You, you talked about it. And it's a guy that's not even on the basketball court tonight, the guy that's going to be in street clothes. How much do you think Kyrie Irving has a part of this? And, and listen, you can say whatever you want while he's not on the basketball court, but there's still something about the fact that that guy's on the other side. That guy is sitting there for game number seven. How much do you think, and, and I could be wrong, and this is obviously an opinion because we're never going to get an honest answer from LeBron James, so we have to read his mind. So put on that Karnak thing on top of your head there, Cuervo. What do you think? Do you think Kyrie Irving can be in the back of LeBron's brain in this game seven? Do you think that's something he's going to worry about or think about during the game? You know, honestly, I, I don't think it is. Um, I think what is going to be a factor is the fact that, you know, Kyrie knows LeBron's mentality. Um, you know, he's been with him in many situations like this where, uh, you know, they've, they've faced elimination. And, and he, the advantage that Boston has is they know what, uh, they can pick up on how LeBron is thinking or what he's thinking. So, with that said, I mean that's that's an advantage for for the Celtics because they have a guy that that has been around LeBron in these situations and and can help him with what his what his his mind could be thinking about. So it's definitely an advantage for the Celtics. Yeah, I think you're right. Definitely an advantage there as far as what's going to happen out on the football field and I me personally I don't necessarily know what that situation will be in reality Um, but I think that I'm going to go on the opposite side there um, in reality and I'm going to and what I'm going to do Cuervo I'm just going to do it I'm going to push the button you ready I'm going to push it for me the blast for me yeah I think I think I think that's all it is. I think this is in the back of this guy's head. 
the fact that they and 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 that it's a seven game. Yes, the guy's not. This would even be more if this guy was on the basketball court. And I'm talking about Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving was on the basketball court and they were in the game seven, I, you know, it would even be more. But I think there is something here. I think there is something. And I'm not saying that LeBron James is not able to is a mental midget. I'm not saying that by anything. Because obviously he's not. I mean, you don't get to be LeBron James by being a mental midget, meaning that you fall down to pressure. You can't stand up to pressure. But this one's just a little bit different because in the back of your mind, if you're LeBron James and this team took you to seven without Kyrie Irving, without him, This should have been done and over with because you got Kyrie, you got the other dude, I forget, uh, you got two of the main starters out of the basketball team off the court, and you got a bunch of, and I'll just say it for lack of better terms, okay, a bunch of scrubs putting it to the Cleveland Cavaliers who should be in that. Now, I'm going to predict that LeBron James is going to win this game tonight, but I think that Kyrie's there. I think Kyrie's in the back of his mind, even though he's not out on the basketball court, mainly because this guy, this team don't have Kyrie Irving. This team brought us to a team set, a game seven. Yeah, all, all I got to say in reality is if I'm hey, on the hey, Rockets, why, why are we in a game seven against the Boston Celtics? And that is one of the things. Now, one thing, and I got to give it to LeBron, which, you know, I don't like doing this guy's handled himself pretty well here in the playoffs, Cuervo. He hasn't been that annoying pain in the ass that he normally is that no one likes to listen to. I actually have almost enjoyed some of the things that he said in these playoffs um, as far as that is concerned. It, it hadn't been annoying. Um, what has been annoying is seeing them make the last-second shots. That's been driving me crazy. But that goes to show how much of a mental – a giant that he is in reality because of the fact that he was able to make the shot when he had to. And that's all mental, I think. That's why I think in a game seven, no Kyrie. I think Kyrie's back there, but I don't know if it'll affect him enough. But we're going to go down to the wire in this one, Cuervo. No one's blowing out anybody in this one. No, I mean, something significant is going to have to happen in order for a blowout to be the case. Uh, you know, whether somebody gets, you know, gets hurt or, you know, somebody's in foul trouble or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, if, it, if it's just, a, you know, regularly, uh, you know, offici- officiated basketball game, nothing crazy happens, then it's going to be a close game. I mean, obviously it's game seven. You know, these guys are fighting for their season. Uh, and, and an opportunity to play in the NBA Finals. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, so it, – I like this one, and I'm I'm actually going to take the time. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this one because this is gonna, this is going to be good, at least in my personal opinion. I think we're going to have a good one here today um, on that. Now that kicks us to the game that happened last night, Cuervo. I got to be honest, didn't watch it. Why well, indoor football? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm watching indoor football, but the Golden State Warriors had no problem whatsoever. Matter of fact, you want to talk about getting blown out of the water? The Houston Rockets, it's almost like they didn't show up. All right, so now that game, that series is at a seven, okay? And guess what, Cuervo, when you take a look at this one, 
as far as tomorrow night is concerned. The difference in this one, in reality, is Golden State's not at home. So Golden State's going to be on the road. they got to win a game seven at home, which they haven't had to worry about trying to win a game seven on the road. They've been doing that at home, even though go back to LeBron getting that game seven in Golden State. That having been said, they have to go out and prove it uh, on the road against Houston. Did you expect this one to go seven? Um, <clears throat> not really. I thought it was. I thought maybe six would be the most. So I'm a little surprised that there is a game seven. Um, yeah. So I, I I didn't think it would go the distance, but here we are, and, and I think it's going to make for an awesome game. I think it's, don't they play tomorrow? I think they play yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, what a way to end, uh, you know, a holiday than, uh, than a good basketball game. Yeah, get, get it on Memorial Day itself. So, you know, and uh, Todd, just let us know, Curry, uh, Curry and them lit it up and went on a 20-2 run. That's what really did it and uh, put it in the uh, back pocket for Golden State in order to get that blowout victory. So, two game sevens. Um, Big-time stuff obviously will win the time slot, I have a feeling, tonight and tomorrow, um, which is very interesting. But right now, I think the NBA is shaking in their boots, and we get back to what you were talking about, conspiracy queer votes, talking about there's no way that the NBA is going to let it be the Houston Rockets and Boston Celtics. And so I got to ask, queer vote, we got two game sevens going on, you know, what are you expecting? I mean, as far as getting the help, and there's only one place they can get the help, Cuervo. In reality, in these game sevens, if they wanted to be a Cleveland, uh, Cleveland and Golden State, you know, uh, NBA title matchup, there's only one place mm-hmm. they're going to be able to get it, Cuervo. Well, and I fully expect that to happen. I mean, uh, I know my theory was a little off. As far as uh, you know, the whole uh, foul difference thing, uh, but you know, we're talking about Game Seven. Uh, it's going to come down to critical moments, and, and you know, I mean, the referees do play a part in that because if they decide to call fouls when you know maybe they shouldn't have been called, you know, it's going to dictate the outcome of the game. You know, you're going to give certain teams more opportunities to, to tie or, or take the lead in the game and, you know, little things like that, you know, little things are the, are, is the stuff that adds up, you know? So with that being said, Sonny, I mean, I still believe that, you know, there's a, you know, there's, there's something to be said about that. I, I really feel like um, that really, I just, I don't see the league, uh, wanting in a situation where I think maybe the ratings would survive if Boston was to win, but if Golden State loses to Houston, uh, that's going to be bad. Um, so I, I really think that Golden State's going to wind up winning no matter what. Plus they get the game. Hold on a second. No, the game would be, the game's going to be in Houston actually. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. So, they're at home. The Houston Rockets at home. They normally, like I said, normally they're doing this in Game Seven on their own on their own court, Cuervo. But uh, well, here's the thing: contraire, contraire, this year. Yeah, and the reason for that is because you know the, these two teams, 
are are so accustomed to being on the big stage that let's be honest, Sonny, the, the regular season has become extremely irrelevant for these two teams. They they could care less where they see uh, because they know that they have they have the team to get to the finals. Now, do did they imagine a situation like this where they're both going to be stuck in a game seven? in the conference finals with a trip to the finals on the line on the road, they probably didn't expect that, but here we are. So now it's really going to test, it's going to battle test both of these teams. And, and it's funny because, you know, these two teams have been to the finals three years in a row uh, against each other. And I'm talking about them being battle tested. Well, that's because this is, you know, the most adversity I would say that these two teams have faced in four or five years. You know, I both agree. Of them. Up to so, this point, they were winning them in five and six games in reality in the couple of years before Cuervo. Now here they are, yeah. you know, fighting for their playoff lives in two game sevens. Right. So I think, I think what's going to be interesting about this, Sonny, is if one of these teams lose, okay, let's say Golden State or Cleveland don't make it, I think you're going to start to see the end of the whole oh, well, let's, you know, let's just kind of hit the cruise control button during the season because what this is going to show you is that home court advantage matters more than, than they thought. And I think you're going to see those, those top-tier teams. They're not going to risk it. They're going to just go ahead and do what they got to do to grab that number one seed. That way they can have that home court throughout the playoffs uh, because – if something goes wrong either tonight or tomorrow night between between Cleveland and, and Golden State, teams are going to start looking at that and saying, "Damn, you know, maybe if they had they not hit the cruise control button and actually, uh, you know, got that number one seed, they wouldn't be where they are right now, sitting on the couch watching the finals." So, I think you could see the end of that type of basketball being played to where guys are sitting out guys are quote unquote injured or hurt and they got to sit out or, or, or the whole, you know, for rest purposes. I think, I think you're going to stop seeing that as much. I think you're right there. You know, the rest and everything, Hey, that's going to, you know, that's going to be very interesting. I mean, LeBron James, I, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I don't know how much time this guy has been taken off, which is not much. And when he has not been out on the best court, they can't maintain it. That's another problem for him as far as that's concerned. Uh, so when you take a look at where everything is actually sitting right now, as far as this game, I, you know, it, it is, I think, next year. I think we're going to see a little bit more in the regular season, like you predicted, Cuervo, at least from these two teams, because I think – if one of those two teams lose, they're going to be looking at, man, if we could have just only had home court through the playoffs, what could have it happened right there? What could have happened right there? And, and, that, right. and that's huge. You know, it's it's going to be a big thing for one of those two teams. And I think we're going to see a regular season team uh, 
take it a little bit more seriously, especially in the last quarter of the year where they'll see where they are in the standings, what they got to do in order to get that home court advantage uh, throughout the playoffs. And then you'll, and you might see the flipping of the switch a little bit earlier in reality, Cuervo this year, as far as LeBron James was concerned, he didn't flip that until he got into the playoffs, Cuervo, the fact of the matter, I mean, because I mean, they were down in the first, in the, uh, the first or second series, and then LeBron just obviously did what LeBron does. Um, But if Mm -hmm. Cleveland loses this game seven, you'll see it's the last quarter of the season next year for whatever team he's going to be on, whether that be in L.A., whether that be in Cleveland, or wherever, New York, like you think he's going to end up. It's going to be there, I think. I think we're going to see a difference in the last quarter of the uh, of the season. Now, the first three quarters of the season is going to be a yawn fest, square vote in reality. We all know that. Um, but, I don't even pay and, attention. And, yeah, I, I actually watched it just to have something on um, as I was doing work a lot because I was doing a lot of night <laughs> noise in the back, background I, noise. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's sad, I mean, because I want to tell you right now, in the days of the 90s, I would forget to work and watch the game. Now I'm doing more of the work and, uh, and listening to the game more, more than anything. So, um, but, yeah, it, that's the difference of the, uh, of the well, generation, the thing. genres and stuff. No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this, uh, this one, it, it's going to be interesting. I, it, I, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, I think the ratings take a hit in reality. I mean, I, do do you care if the Houston Rockets or the Boston Celtics win the NBA championship? I, I know I don't. Um, if if anything, I know the Houston Rockets are going to win the championship. I don't think the Celtics mm-hmm. can beat the Houston Rockets in seven games in reality. Just they, they don't have the firepower to get past what Houston has going for them. Um, well, I'll tell you just mainly because they got they got the two guys sitting on the bench and they're not going to be out on the court. Right, and I think if it is Boston and Houston, uh, for the uh, the handful of people that are actually going to pay attention to the series to the series and watch it, I could see Houston. You know what? I would say Houston in five. That's how much better I think the Rockets are than than the Celtics. Now, that also depends on Chris Paul's health too. He's got the bad hand. He was injured the last game. Yeah, he's got the bad hand. So it's going to be, you know, that's something we got to keep an eye out on. Uh, Also, I think Kevin, isn't Kevin Love hurt or something happened to Kevin Love where uh, he's questionable for game seven as well? Or did I read that wrong? Maybe I read that wrong. Maybe I'm. Imagining things in my head. You might, you might be think, you might be thinking of them. Um, all I know, it's it, it, here. It is. You ready for it, Cuervo? More bad yes, sir. Go insult for it. to injury. Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers is out for Game Seven. So you didn't you read it See, wrong. That's what I thought. Um, so and that and and that right there, that is huge for for what's going on as far as. This one is concerned. Concussion. It's a, it's a concussion protocol, exactly. Uh, and what a bad one. I mean, now, this goes to hey, Sonny. the game. This goes to the game, Cuervo. Does this change Sonny? your opinion about the game? Go ahead. Uh, Cleveland's in a lot of trouble. They are yep. in deep doo-doo, my friend. They are in some deep doo-doo. 
If they with no love, with no love, they have no love in this game. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, they have no love. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> on the road, it, it, yeah, on the road. This is not yeah, looking. This is not road. looking good. This is not looking good for the Cavs, Sonny. I tell you, and can, you know, can I, Cuervo, This is really simple. I'm going to jump in here because this right here will shut everybody up about Kevin Love and his value to that team. Because if they lose this game, no Kevin Love, I'm going to tell you right now, that is going to be – it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. If if Cleveland figures out how to win this game without Kevin Love, you know, that right there is going to cause craziness. And if they oh, he'll lose, be gone. Yeah, exactly. And if they if, – if they well, no, yeah, if they win, he'll be gone. But if they lose, it'll be how important it was – Kevin Love to this team to get them where they are. So, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting. It, this is all about, you know, after this game, it'll be about spin control. Whether it's uh, uh, Kevin Love's team having to do a little spin control or the Cleveland Cavaliers having to do spin control, um, and, you know, to to explain the reason why they win or lose. So it's going to be this one here. I'm very interested in seeing what happens here. I, but I'm going to go to what you said, Cuervo, a couple of weeks ago. I don't think the NBA I, – I think the NBA, even without Kevin Love, is wanting Cleveland in this championship. They don't want the Boston Celtics in there because there's no star power right there. If the star power was there, Cuervo, I think the NBA would be all on board on this all day long. But the fact there's no mm-hmm. star power in reality coming from the other side is the reason why that I honestly believe that Cleveland still is going to end up winning this game, and then Kevin Love is going to have some big, big time explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what to think because here's here's it's it's in, in my head I have a dilemma. You know, it's like you're talking about the Boston Celtics, right? All the all the. Uh, uh, history the tradition of the boston celtics right you think you think bill russell you know red Auerbach, larry bird kevin McHale, robert the chief robert Parrish, like all the list goes on and on and on 16 championships or however many it is but that that know, is a sports it, orgasm for me right there say those names again that oh man I mean, yeah. I mean, they're good ones, are they not? Talking, you know, Bill, Bill. I mean, Bill Russell, Sam Jones. Okay, and and, mm. and I don't have anything in front of me. I I just know these things. Uh, yes. You know, Red Auerbach, Larry Bird, Mikhail Parrish, Danny Ainge. Yes. Uh, don't forget I mean, about Dennis the Johnson. Punk. He was the punk. As a matter of fact, Danny Ainge was the punk before. Uh, um, our wonderful Philadelphia 76er uh, became the, the, the punk. <laughs> Are you talking about Barkley? No, no, no. I, Alan Iverson. Oh, he Iverson. was the punk. I, yeah. So Ainge was the punk and, and we go and, and we go. I, I, I always say that you either need either one of the two Cuervo, you need a punk or a thug in, in order for your team uh-huh. to be good. You have to have a punk in basketball. You have to have a punk or a thug. 
Because, really, if you look at the Boston Celtics, they didn't have no thugs. That punk. That punk, and that was Danny Age. This guy was a punk. This guy did in the guy's face. I mean, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who get tore up if he actually got into a real fight? I mean, but this guy was mm-hmm. in people's faces. This this guy was one of those. Those you ever get that aggravating itch on your side that you can't seem to stop itching? That's what Danny Age was. I mean, this guy just got under your skin because you know Larry Bird. Oh, like a Bill Lambeer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Parrish, uh, um, Bird, and Mikhail, these guys weren't punks. These guys were basketball players. Now, Larry Bird, on the other hand, he wasn't necessarily a punk. That guy was the definition of grit in basketball. I mean, when you looked at the Boston Celtics and you look back into history, when I think of Larry Bird, I don't necessarily think about how great he was because he was so awkward to watch. I mean, he had the white man syndrome really, really bad. Okay? When it came to grace, Larry Bird didn't have grace, but he had grit. And that's one of the other things I like about Larry Bird. And, by the way, I've already said it. I'll say it again. As soon as LeBron's got to win this championship, he'll move, in my eyes, ahead of Larry Bird. It's nothing to be ashamed of, okay, to be tied, in my mind anyway, with Larry Bird as far as some of the all-time greatest, okay? Now, granted, you know, LeBron doesn't want that. I mean, but, you know, he's LeBron. He doesn't want to be. But, man – you know, basketball players, if they can be considered to be up there with Larry Bird, you you had a, such an amazing career. Because to be even be spoken of in the same sentence as a Larry Bird is nothing to be embarrassed about, even in today's game. Well, no, I mean, that, those, those are the type of guys that you want to be compared to. Those are guys that, uh, you know, are, are considered – the greatest at what they did. I mean, Larry, let's let's be honest. I mean, when you think three point shooting, at least, at least for us, maybe not the younger generation because they think Steph Curry, but for you and I, uh, even, even your, even your, you know, you know, senior, uh, you know, you got some, you got some years on me, Sonny. I'm not going to call you old, but you got some years. A little bit. Yeah. I'm old. I'm old people. (laughs) When I think three point specialist, I don't think about Curry. I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong. He is. He's great. Reggie Miller was great. But, man, yeah. it, it, go, go YouTube Larry Bird, okay? Go, oh, that's the guy. I put it, go go to my guy. Facebook page, Puervo, and go down about Sonny, three months, and it's right there. Sonny, I'm telling you, um, what's it called? Uh, um, you know, you think about the guys like a Reggie Miller, like a Steph Curry, like a, uh, a Ray Allen. I, yes, guarantee, I Ray bet Allen. you if you were to ask them right now, if you asked them, you know, what inspired you to play the game the way you did and, and, and be a, a, a three-point specialist like you were, I'm telling you, it, if the name Larry Bird doesn't come up, I'd be shocked because he's the yep. guy that paved the way for that type of shooter. Dirk Nowitzki is another one. You ask those guys. That's and, for the and, newer and almost, generation, but yes. No, but, but my point is all these new guys were inspired by Larry Bird to be that yep. type of player. So he paved the way for the way that the game is played today. If you really, really sit and deeply think about uh, 
the, you know, the, that, that type of player, Larry Bird's the one that really started it because before Bird, I mean, you, and you know more than I do, I, could, I can't think of anybody that was an outside shooter like that before Larry Bird came along. No, I, I, I'll tell you, Quare, folks, there's only a few that could be considered those shot takers. And, and, and his name is slipping my mind. You know, he played for the Seattle C, uh, Supersonics at the time. And I'll remember it here when I start thinking about it. But, you know, if, if you think about it, Larry Bird was synopsis. You know, when you think about guys in the middle, Shaquille O'Neal or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, Kareem with the sky hook and stuff like that, creating – creating offenses Shaq and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar created the the um place where your shot you know comes from making a shot making a thing so Shaquille with it with the two-step slam Kareem with the sky hook shot that's what Larry Bird is to three-point shooting and in reality more than anything the three-point line has made basketball completely different for different types of players. And that's the reason why you get the difference of what you get with a Larry Bird making the three-point shots and things of that sort. It, it may, In reality, the three-point shot makes the superstars uh, because really in reality back in the day, it was the big men that dominated, okay? So along, along the fact, I mean, I don't think he was all that horrible. Even Michael Jordan would put up the three-point sh- three shooter. He wasn't good as, as good as Bird. But I'm going to tell you right now, those two, I think, maybe introduced everybody to the three-point game. Isaiah Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, was a good three-point shooter as well. Remember, I mean, th- these, are, these are going back into the history, but the three-point goal in reality um, – it changed the way the game was played, um, and and it's changed feet too. In reality, I think it's now three feet longer than it used to be back into the day. So um, it definitely mm-hmm. has changed. It changed basketball and got more people and make superstars such as a Stephen Curry, a Curry today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, and, I know and by the, the way, think about changed. this, Cuervo. Think about think about college basketball how much it's changed college uh-huh. basketball as well. It has. You're absolutely right. It, it has changed. I mean, but the, see, but the, the college basketball though, it's changed in a different way. Like, you know, you've got guys that, you know, with the whole one and done situation. So, yep. There's really no uh, uh, type of basketball player that you can really categorize because guys are, are in and out. I mean, you've got certain players, and yeah, you know what their game is about. But it's 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 really hard to put a put a thumb on like how the game is being played because there's it's so much of a rotation of guys coming in and out that the consistency is not there. So it's hard to really categorize how college basketball is being played now because you got guys coming in and out that play different every year. So it's it's kind of no, it's kind of hard to really say uh, what kind of players you have in, in college basketball. That's different. Definitely. And game number seven is going to be without 15 points, 11 boards, and about 30 minutes of Kevin Love. So that's going to be a very, very interesting game here tonight. 
I'm going to watch it, going to actually sit and watch it. And just for my, not for my rooting standpoint, Cuervo, I'm rooting for the Celtics, but my mind t- still tells me this is the game where LeBron James could help define even more of a stellar career that he's already had. I hate to say it, but when you lose 15 mm-hmm. points, 11 boards in 31 minutes without having, you know, Kevin Love out on the basketball court, you have to take the, and this is, this, this is the thing that defines a, uh, you know, a LeBron James. And let's, let's be honest, Cuervo. I mean, this is a bas- this is a basketball player that takes on these types of things and is actually very successful. As much as I'd love to see him fail, because I just I just personally don't like him, and you know everybody wants to see you know the guy fail. Um, I just this is this is the thing that will help define his legacy in reality if he goes out there and wins this basketball game today, and it will be the most talked about things even into the championship uh, into the championship uh, series. Um, against uh, what Houston or or the Cavaliers? This is going to be the spotlight of the 2018 or the 2017-2018 season for LeBron. Yeah, I mean, and this is you know it's familiar territory for him. So I, I'm not worried about LeBron uh, and and the way he's going to perform tonight. I'm concerned with who's going to be that number two guy. No, Kevin Love. You know, who's going to be that number two guy that steps up? I agree. You, you, you know, no one else funny. has really been doing it. Well, and Sonny, I mean, honestly, I, I think LeBron is, is, is extremely nervous about it as well. I mean, he has to be. He has to be. Yep. Uh, it, it, so, I don't know what his – message is going to be or, uh, you know, how he plans on approaching this. Uh, I mean, you can only pump up the rest of your team so much. Uh, you know, you got, you got to get the results. You got to get the results from these guys. And, and so, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, Tyron Lou, LeBron, those two can only motivate the rest of the team so much and get them to understand, look, this is game seven, fellas. If we don't if we don't win this game, there is no tomorrow. We're cleaning lockers out tomorrow. So, you know, you gotta fight for every, you know, ball, you gotta fight for everything, every inch, everything. You have to don't leave any plays on the floor. Don't leave any opportunities. Like you have to go out there and, and make it happen. So um I think that's – I mean, there's there's really nothing else you can say. I mean, you know, that, that speech has been given thousands of times in these situations. Yep. But in reality, there's really nothing else to say. It, it has to be uh, – you know, that has to be the message is like, look, it, it's it's win or go home, fellas. This is, this is it. There is no there is no guaranteed trip to the finals. We have to go out there and we have to beat these guys or else – we're done. So I don't exactly. know. I, mean, I, I just think that uh, it, it's going it, to, it's going to be interesting to see how this game plays out. Um, I'll tell you what though. I think, I think if, if Cleveland loses this game, Sonny, as much shakeup as they did with the roster this year, 
you're going to see even more shakeup in the in the off season. And oh, I think one guy. Well, that, I, that, I think that team is gone. That, it won't even it won't even come close to looking like what it looks like now unless they keep Kevin Love. Um, because listen, yeah. if they don't do well, it, I, I honestly believe this is me. I might be in my own little world, Cuervo. I think if they win the championship, I think LeBron stays. I really do. I don't know why. I mean, because there's really no indication. All indications say this guy's split. Um, and but something tells me if they win a championship, I think he stays. I mean, not that he, you know, yeah. If he could, and then you know, if he wins a championship by himself, imagine who he can pull in. I, you know, I I don't know. I just there's something about this game, and there's something about LeBron this year. If they win the championship regardless who it's against, that he stays right there. Um, if they lose, I think he goes. I think he, I think he's still – in other words, I think he's still up in the air about it, Cuervo. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, a guy that I, that I look at that I, I just don't understand, you know, why he's, why he's still there or what does he bring to the table? Like, like Tristan, when I watch the, when I watch the Cavs play, Tristan Thompson drives me crazy because you're talking, I mean, I I watch him play and this is a guy that just, I don't, I don't see the effort there. I don't see the defense there. Like, what does he bring to the table? What does he really bring to the table? So, yeah. um, I don't know. It's, it should be interesting. We'll, we'll take a look at that. So here's what we're going to do, Cuervo. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potatoes Sports Show. When we come back, we're going to hop into some NFL news because, of course, there's always something to talk with in the NFL. I got I got, I got a little step back. I turned on – did you watch the NFL channel at all this morning, Cuervo? No, sir, I did not. Okay, good. I'm glad you didn't because I just as I was thinking about it and I was going, this is something I want to discuss, it came on the freaking NFL network. So, um, and so I, I, was pre- I was actually prepping to talk about this, and we're going to talk about a little bit of Hall of Fame talk on the other side. And it just it proved a lot of things, and we're gonna, I'm going to talk about that on the other side about some of the uh, – some, some information I got. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the NFL. You're listening to the Couch Potato Sports Show. Yes, the folks, it's Season 9, Episode 14. We'll take the quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll come back at the top of the hour. If that button works, there it goes. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullen at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting located in Rowlett. Did you know that Perfection Body Sculpting doesn't just offer laser lipo and radio frequency for body contouring? We also offer cellulite reduction and skin tightening, as well as thermal lift and cosmetic 
and collagen facial creams, as well as top-of-the-line facial masks to help reduce fine wrinkles. There are also gift certificates as well as gift baskets with awesome products in it. Call today for your appointment and get three 24-gold facial masks with the purchase of a $69 consultation that includes a 30-minute laser lipo session. So contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionbodysculpt.com. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Regal and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. 
Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. Sonny, you might oh, be I I, Yeah, I, I did. I forgot the mute buttons. I just clicked it as you said it. But we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show, second hour of the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, the Sunday morning tradition continues here. Season 9, episode 14, by the way. That having been said, of course, that's the name of the show. I, was, I got up early this morning um, as I was up late last night, but usually – you know, getting the response and seeing how the fans are reacting to champions indoor football is one of the things I do on a Sunday morning. But one of the things that came to my mind, and I'm going to ask the trivia question, and, you know, the reason why I do this is we we are not rehearsed. We're not there. This is one I don't think Cuervo's going to get unless he remembers one of our other shows. But there is a two-time Super Bowl quarterback that is not in the Hall of Fame. Can you name who he is, Cuervo? Two-time Super Bowl champion? Yep, not in the Hall of Fame. Yep, that is correct. So, yeah, we talked about it briefly on this show. Well, not briefly. I think we jumped into it a little bit. Um, It sounds like you're – it might be Phil Sims that you're talking about. That's my that's, I remember that's right. my man. That's my man. Yeah, yeah. Phil Sims, two time you know two time Super Bowl champion, not in the Hall of Fame, and and I am still trying to figure out how come this guy is not into not in the in, in the Hall of Fame. Just really, um, he deserves it. Um, I'm not sure why anybody would think that he's not because. When you look at the numbers and you see everything that's going on, they're, they're, the quarterback position has been so, I think, tainted with today's quarterback compared to mm-hmm. the days back in there. But if you look at Phil Simmons and what he has, okay, just to put this out here, okay, 
if, if there's there's some there's some stats I want you to think about, okay? Against the quote unquote immortals of the quarterback position, okay? You look at him as far as completions with 2,576. That's more than 13 of the 23 Hall of Fame quarterbacks, including Namath, Dawson, Landa. These are names in the past. Bradshaw, Greasy, okay, Star, Staubach. More than those guys. And I don't think, and maybe it's me, you question those names that I spoke of in Hall of Fame numbers. You don't question it. So, you know, that, that's one. And I, I actually looked this up. I'm like, how come is this guy – I mean, I know what the, the knocks are on him, but when you look at the numbers, that, you know, because everybody talks about numbers in the Hall of Fame, had 33,462 yards. That's more than 15 of the Hall of Famers. Again, Blanda, Dawson, Namath, okay, uh, Bradshaw – Aikman, more more yards than Aikman, Greasy, Staubach, and Star. Okay? Touchdowns. 199 touchdowns. That's more than nine of the Hall of Famers. Again, Namath, uh, Aikman, Greasy, Waterfield, Staubach, and Star. Interceptions, only 157. That's less than six of the 23 that are out there. Blanda Dawson, Fouts, my man. I love, I love me. Unitas, Namath, Moon, Tarkington, okay, Kelly, uh, Marino, Bradshaw, Greasy, Elway, even more names. How about that? And then passer rating of 78.5. That's higher than nine of them. Blanda, Unitas, uh, Namath, uh, Bradshaw, Greasy, Waterfield. So, you're looking at these numbers, okay, and and those names that I mentioned in comparison, I don't think anybody really questions this guy or those guys being in the Hall of Fame. But guess what? A guy that has won two Super Bowls not in the Hall of Fame, it's a complete miscarriage of justice that Phil Simms is not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't understand that either, Sonny. I mean, I'm I'm surprised that <clears throat> a guy with two rings and you know with more stats than some guys that are in the Hall of Fame, yeah, you know, are in. So it kind of it's kind of like what is it that Phil Sims is missing in his career, you know, resume, if you will, that is keeping him from being a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, I I'm not. I'm missing the, I'm missing the uh, missing ingredient. Where where is it? Because I I don't, I don't see it. I'm missing it. I, I I'm completely not missing it. And I the funny thing is, is usually a part of the Sunny Clark tradition on Sunday morning is I'll get in, I'll read about champions indoor football. After I'm done with that Cuervo, I turn on the NFL channel to hear some of the news that's going out. So because folks, believe me, me. Me, during the week, prepping for this show, that don't happen. This happens Sunday morning <laughs> when we're about ready yes. to go on there, if, if I even prep then. But when I do or when I wake <laughs> up or I feel up to it, that's when I do it. 
everybody goes, right. well, that explains why the show, you know, what's wrong with the show. But that also being said, Cuervo, um, I, I just, I look at some of the names and some of the guys, and I mean, you look at it, he is, just to let you know, Cuervo, he is ranked mm-hmm. sixth in the NFL quarterback rating, um, quarterbacks with 2,000 attempts, eighth in touchdown passes, uh, uh, eight uh, as far as that, fifth in passing, fifth in, in yards per attempt. I mean, and, and this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. And, and, and I know what's doing it, Cuervo. I know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. And this is going to be Tony Romo's problem, too, just to let you know. Is is that they're better commentators than they were football players, except in Phil Simms' case, he's not necessarily a great broadcaster. I, and and uh, uh, that is one of his downfalls. He's been doing the broadcasting for so many years, and one of the things that I'm I, – the only thing I can think of is, is that when people think about Bill Sims and what he brings to a broadcast, he, they don't think he's any good. I think the fact that he's a broadcaster and was a broadcaster for many years actually got in the way of him actually getting into the Hall of Fame. Now, he's not going to get in this year, if I'm not mistaken. Have they already figured out who's going to be in this year, Cuervo? In the, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yeah. Sonny, I think have they've you already forgotten been... already? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah your, your, your boy. I, I forgot about your boy getting in. Ooh. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. But no couple of there boys. either. Yeah, a couple of my boys well, are Rand, getting in. Rand, Rand, Randy, Randy. is your boy, and uh, yeah, and then of course Erlacher. Yes, I understand. That's my main I, I man right that there. But I'm I'm also extremely happy, and I think we both are. If you're a part of the Couch Potato family, uh, you know that Sonny and I are are also happy uh, that one To Terrell Owens also made it. Now, absolutely, I know Sonny. He's not he's not the greatest person. But I think yep. we both agreed that for what he did on the field, for his, his, his contribution to the wide receiver position, should have been a first ballot last year. Two years ago. But, yes, you're right. Cuervo. Or two years. Yeah, yeah. About it. That's what I mean. Here's the thing. You guys never arrested. And that's what, you know, that, that's where I kind of, you know, I kind of look at it. The guy was – you could talk about how bad of a guy this guy is. The guy was never arrested, never detained, never. I mean, yeah, he, some people would think that he was a locker room cancer, but a lot of people thought Randy Moss was that same locker room cancer. Um, and you look at those stats, you look at where Terrell Owens is. He's he's at number two, number three all time on all the other on all the other stats. So yeah, it, it it's well deserved. Should be in there. I'm just hoping, you know, because for four years I've been talking about this, and as we move closer to the season and we're moving into training camps and all these other things that are going on and the Hall of Fame that's going to be announced, it's not going to be Phil Simms. And and, and there's one guy, I I mean, there are a lot of guys that really should be considered for the Hall of Fame and, quite frankly, probably deserve it. I'll put that out there. But I don't think there's anybody more deserving right now, right now than Phil Simms. You can't be a two-time Super Bowl quarterback. But never mind the fact that broadcasting the second one, okay, granted, 
he wasn't playing in the game. So that's one of the reasons why people look at that and hold it against him. But, hey, during the season, he was there for, for that other one. So that is one of the reasons why people also look at Phil Simms well. He only won it as a starting quarterback, you know, one time, and he was he was hurting the other one. So, but, hey, you had to get right. there, and Phil Simms was part of getting it there too. So, you know, I've, I've heard that argument too, and, I you know, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, when you're talking, when you're talking greatness and, and, you know, the fact that he didn't play in the Super Bowl um, to get that win, uh, you know, is Blasphemy. in reality. The Blasphemy. It, it is, yes, thank you. And that's my <laughs> own, one and only, one and that's only Stephen A. A. That's Stephen A. <laughs> and it's not even the imitator. It's actually season A, yeah. And the fact is, it is. It's blasphemy that we're not talking about Phil Simms in, in the Hall of Fame. It, it's pretty sad. Yeah, I, I, like I said, Sonny, I mean, I, I just don't know what's missing in his in his uh, professional uh, resume for the Hall of Fame. Uh, but you got other guys with less stats that are in. So it it, it is blasphemy. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. Completely and utterly blasphemy. The blasphemy. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You know, and we and we can all we can also, you know, it, when we got more time we, you know, we'll talk about that one a little bit later. But this week the news and Cuervo last week it was about the gambling. Okay. We we got that mm-hmm. one. Big time big time news. But you know, and, and that had really nothing to do with the NFL except for the fact that they're part of the reason why what's going on. But that being said, Cuervo, and th- this this actually kind of makes me sick to my stomach because when I think about certain things in the in the NFL, I think there's a lot of things that we're missing out on, and the NFL is completely missing what's going on. Listen. If you have, if you listen to the show when when the players were doing their protests and things of that sort, I completely can sit and blast them, and and I, I just did. But the fact that the NFL has taken a stand, Cuervo, this I think is the wrong message because what it is 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 that people who have the money, okay, are in charge. And in this case, Cuervo, the people who have the money this time is the military. Okay, you can think of whatever, and I know, you, and I know you agree with this because I know you. you. You you can be you know a, not a fan of the military, and you would be okay with that because you're protecting the right of this country. Um, but the NFL and the military, I I hate to say this, Cuervo, but this is a bad bed. In reality, when you talk about the rights of citizens and the rights of the guys that play this sport, this is not a good bed for the NFL to be in for doing what they did. Because what it looks like, Cuervo, is they bowed to the money that was coming to the NFL. That's what it looks like, Cuervo. And and, and Trump can sit up there and say all this other crap that maybe you shouldn't be in the country and all that other bull rah that this guy just pukes up out of his throat and comes out of his mouth. I may not Mm -hmm. be a fan of it, but I don't want to take that right away from some of these players that want to do that. Because I get it. 
I get why they're doing it. And I also have gotten to the point, and we've talked about it on this show, that I'm over that. But at the same time, I see where other people can see it as offensive. Do something different, would you please, instead of doing that. But really, in reality, this is not a thing that the NFL should be doing because it looks like people who have feelings about the civil rights that are not going on in this country, that the the NFL is actually trying to push it aside and not be anything that people need to be worried about. The NFL is really, after two years reeling from the bad pub on this, to where they decided to bow down to the people who were giving them the money. And in this case, Cuervo, unfortunately, it's the United States military, and it's not a good bed that's being made. Are you talking about the whole, uh, like, the option to uh, not come out for the national anthem? Is that what – that exactly? that, Well, I'm, I'm all right with that, actually. But the fact that if they do kneel and they do it, they start off and they're going to flag it. And I don't know if you read that. And when I heard it, I was no. Like, what? What, what do you mean they're going to flag it? Me? They're going to flag it as a fifteen-yarder. Now, my question: I just in That's reality, weird. Cuervo, it's the dumbest thing ever because the the simple fact of the matter is, I think it's going to cause them to do it more now because. The guys on one team are going to look at that and they're going to do it on the other side. If someone does, I think that's going to be done on the other side. It's going to be, you know, one one of those. What what are they? Oh crap! Upsetting penalties that that are really crap. That that don't. I don't mean get anything. it, Wait, There's so no what's the penalty going to be? What is it going to be? It's, on sportsman like conduct. What are the, what's the penalty going to be? What, what are they going to call it? I don't know what it's named, Cuervo. That's a good point. I never looked at it. I just heard that they were going to give a 15-yard penalty for the uh, for for the protests at the beginning of the games. So I don't know if it that falls makes... up under unsportsman. That and, and frankly, if it falls up un, under unsportsmanlike, I, you know that that that's that's another door to open. I mean, that is you know, so I, weird. I, this, is, this is just not a good thing. Have you? Have you ever had a Diet Coke and you've got that bad taste in your mouth after you drank it? That's what this is, Cuervo. And, hey, hey, and, I'm gonna, and I'll put it all out there. I don't want them to do the kneeling. I, me, I, it, to me, and I know what uh-huh. it's about before, before people get up and say, Sonny, you don't even know why they're doing it. I know why they are doing it. I completely understand why the players are doing it. But I also reserve the right to say that I don't like the protest and what it is. So I can say that. And here's what else I'm going to say, Cuervo. The fact that they're focusing on it so much now after two years, Cuervo, okay, it, it it just goes to show they're losing money, they're losing sponsors, and they want to put a stop to it. But in turn, Cuervo, this is going to backfire on them big time. Because guess what? Mm-hmm. And I'll say it. These football players aren't the smartest people in the world, which means in reality their maturity level isn't all that there. So what they'll do, you know, they'll do it anyway. 
And I think both sides are going to do it. I think it's going to create more news. Now, we always talk about in news and in media, if they're talking about you, that's good. But this is one the NFL doesn't want any part of. But I'm wondering if they're using the reverse psychology on this, that you're going to continually talk about it. And maybe they're trying to find a way of a positive, you know, hey, at least they're still talking about the NFL because viewership has gone down. And that that's undeniable. They can sit there and deny it all along. Uh, you know, listen, Nielsen's been in the business for a long, long time, Cuervo. They know who's watching and who's not, okay? And it's very obvious that the protests have taken the fan away from the game. But I'm just wondering, now that they're flagging it, and I'm reading other people, oh, now I'll start watching the game again because they're flagging it. This, this, oh, this is such a bad, bad deal, Cuervo. Bad, 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 bad deal. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, maybe if I understood a little bit more about the reasoning why they're going to call a penalty on it, I could see, see, I can't even, I can't even imagine a situation where you would, would you, where you would find a guy like you, I don't know. To me, it's it's it. The NFL is taking away their First Amendment. Is basically what they're yeah. trying to do. Absolutely, and I think me personally, even though I don't like what they're doing, I think that is completely and utterly wrong. I, you know, you, you know, say whatever you want about Colin Kaepernick. Okay, the guy has definitely brought this to the attention. Now the question is: is has it gotten to the right people, and that's to where this can blow over and no one's thinking about it, but yet no one wants any part of Colin Kaepernick. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is the timing of the fact that he did it. And you can say whatever you want. These are facts. This is not an opinion. His game was diminishing at the time that he started this. So he kept it. Hey, he did what a good publicist will do is keep his name in the spotlight. Now, granted, he did it in a way to where what he's doing, obviously, which is to put the attention on what he's trying to do, which is make people aware of what's going on and the social injustices that are going on. And he kept his name there. That's all about marketing, Cuervo. And granted, it's it's a great it's a great thing that he's doing. Um, he's keeping himself relevant in a different way because let's be honest, Cuervo. He wasn't doing it out on the football field, and he was being criticized for it too as well. Yeah, he was. And uh, I, I just think this thing's gotten way out of proportion. Like, I just don't understand, like, why this is still such a big deal. Like, one guy did it, you know what I mean, and he caught, he caught flack for it, right? But the fact yep. that this thing just continues to linger and it continues to – be a subject across the league, it just, you know, people say that they, they don't, that it shouldn't, you know, um, I guess be a big deal, but yet it, it, people keep talking about it, keep, people keep trying to fix the issue. The, the only way to fix the issue is not necessarily to ignore it, but just to move on from it. Yes. that's. I mean, to me, I don't know. I just don't, I don't understand the, the reasoning behind wanting to keep going back to this whole thing. And, and, and it just reminds people how much of a quote unquote scumbag 
that Colin Kaepernick is. Look, do do I not do I not appreciate you know what he did? No, I, I definitely don't. Have I moved on from it? Uh, you know, am I? I'm not losing sleep over it. You know, as a yeah. service member, like I'm I'm okay. I my life is is not changed dramatically because <laughs> of what he did. You know what I mean? Like people are, are just making him out to be the worst person in the world. Like he, like he, like he murdered somebody or, and it's like, calm down. Like, yeah, I know you're, I know I can understand, you know, that, uh, you disagreed with it, but I think as a society or, or just as, as the league NFL, just got to move on from it. Like, like, you know, do people, still bash Michael Vick for dogfighting? No, because we, we eventually, we moved on from it. Like, that's the only way that this thing is going to get solved. You just have to move on from it and and move on to the next, uh, uh, you know, concern in the league. And I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just tired of hearing about it, Sonny. Maybe that's... I, I think that's maybe it's just a me is, thing. Marvon, I knew you were going to get there. I knew you were going to get there. Yeah, people are tired of hearing it, and and more than the fact. Here's the thing: cameras can can do a lot of things. Okay, they can spot things and make notice of it, or they can stay away from it. Now, granted, I'm not saying that they should, but really, the and they're going to talk about it in the media regardless, right, Corvo? If someone did it, but the cameras don't have to be on it, but they are on it which makes you kind of wonder what's going on. But here's what Steve Kerr said about this, and we all know who Steve Kerr is, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. He comes out and he says, I'm proud to be in the league that understands patriotism in America is about free speech and peaceful protesting. Our leadership uh, in the NFL or the NBA understands when the NFL players were kneeling, they were kneeling to protest police brutality to protest racial inequality. Every, you know, yes. And um, depending on what you were, what you thought, but Kerr follows it up and he says they weren't disrespecting the military. That's a personal opinion to other people on the outside looking in. So that's the part that I kind of a little bit disagree with him. He says, but our president decided to make it about that and the NFL followed suit. And the key word here of the whole thing is he pandered to the fan base and created hysteria. And frankly, Cuervo, the fact that we're still talking about it actually proves that point of what it is. It's something that is continuing because the president won't shut up about it. And this goes along my feelings. I think this president of our United States, I'll say it, he can come find me. I don't care. He's a scumbag. Can't stand the guy. And and not only that, he butts his nose into a lot of things that the president really doesn't have really any need to be doing, such as NFL things that are going on in the NFL. But, I mean, take away from all that, I you know, you kind of think about it right now, where our country is and what our country is all about. Heads changed over the years, Cuervo, because I could not imagine this happening in 1965. Could, I mean – I, I could not imagine this happening in the in the days of Vietnam. I can't. I, I just can't even imagine this kind of thing. And you want to talk about an uproar? If that happened during the Vietnam War or yeah, Cuervo, I'm going to tell you right now, 
that would have been that would have been mass hysteria. But we are supposed to be smarter as a society, you know, back into the days of Vietnam to where we are now in society and understanding social issues and before you put the flag in front of everything. And you got to be able to respect the right of someone to do what they are doing for a reason. That is one of the reasons why I look at Colin Kaepernick and I'm, I'm actually okay with what he's doing and how he's doing it and continuing. But the NFL button their nose in it and really in reality what you said about Cuervo, you know, censorship is all over the place. Censorship is not just about the spoken word. It's about what you can do at, you know, by making a point. And in this case, it's kneeling. It's just a, another classic case of censorship from the people in power. Yeah, yeah, and I think I really think that they're kind of just again they're they're allowing it to linger in people's minds, and it just frustrates everyone, you know, in the sense of that it's still a bigger issue than what it really is. So, I mean, let's 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 be honest about this situation, Sonny. Since that happened, right? Um. I know he he did a couple of things afterwards, uh, uh, you know, Kaepernick I'm talking about. You know, he, he wore the socks with the little pigs on it, you know, whatever. Yes. But <clears throat> since then, since, you know, he uh, was cut by the 49ers, what have we heard from him? What have we heard Absol- about him? Or yep. has, has he gone out and, you know, uh, uh, killed somebody uh, uh, as a drunk driver? Has he committed some sort of domestic abuse? Has he gotten a DUI? Has he gotten caught with a weapon or with drugs and got arrested for it? You know, did he, uh, you know, did he do something to discredit himself or, or, you know, his, his name or, or anything like that? No, he took a stand and, you know, Two years later, he's still getting crucified for it. Like, to me, I don't know. Even as even as a service member, I just I just kind of feel like, look, we we have punished him as a society. Enough's enough, man. Just like, you know, I'm not saying let's let's throw a parade for him and, and celebrate, you know, what he did or, or or you know, tell him that we throw him a party saying that we forgive him. No, all I'm saying is, again, the only way that, that this is going to change is if we just move on. Because if we continue to to keep it in our minds, and it, nothing is ever going to change. That That's where the true change comes, is when we just move on as, as a society, you know, as Americans and stuff like that. And, and, and think about what's what really is important. Um you know, and that is just coming together as as yep. a country. A country. I mean, you think about it. You know, I mean, obviously t- tomorrow being Memorial Day, you think about those people that gave the ultimate sacrifice, and 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 to have the to have the luxury as the United States of America that we do have right now, because there's countries out there that don't have the NFL, and we don't have freedoms to to have those types of jobs you know i mean 
They, these guys have jobs to play football, and they make millions of dollars, and they're wealthy, and their kids are wealthy. And there's kids, kids are going to be wealthy if they manage the money right. And right. There's, there's other places, other countries out there that they could only wish they had half of what we have. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's time to kind of uh, just kind of put it in. It's, it's time to put it in perspective, Sonny. And I, and I think people are just, they just like to hold grudges. People like to hold grudges yep. because of the evil that they have. The evil that they have in in their in their souls, in their hearts, uh, and it, you're not going to live a happy life if if you don't let that go. You have to let that go. And this is somebody that you probably you probably never even met Colin Kaepernick, and you're so mad at him for what he did. You've never even met the man. So exactly. to sit here and hold a grudge <laughs> against a man that you've never met before, you got you got some soul searching to do, people. I, I agree, and Cuervo, and we, I didn't even go, I'll take that even a step further, okay? No one else is doing it, okay? <laughs> a, a, Cuervo, he, he, there, there's been a lot of things that people are doing or whatever, but no one's brought the attention for the last two years to this issue more than Colin Kaepernick. Without question, uh-huh. he has done exactly what I – I mean, I don't even think he thinks it should. He got got to where he was. I honestly believe he's going. What? Oh, wow! This, I didn't even think of this being where it is now. What an issue it is. I don't, you know, I, you know, and that's, and I'm gonna tell you that's the success of his campaign. You know, the fact that we're mm-hmm. still talking about it two years later that tells me right. that yes, it, it is still being talked about. It's not being forgotten. Good, better, and different. Okay. Whether you agree with or, or whether or not or how he's doing it, he still has brought on an issue for two years that a lot of people, and I'm going to say it, I don't care what anybody says, a lot of people say people are still not recognizing what's going on. Listen, if you listen to sports talk radio or are interested in, in the NFL in any way, shape, or form, you know about this story. I'm sorry you do, and those that don't, don't watch it or don't care. Okay, so if you're in it like we are, do you, I mean, for two years we've been talking about this. Two years. That is success. And say whatever you want, whether you think that, yeah, I, me personally, and I'll just throw this out here because I, I, I don't mind starting a little fight every once in a while. I personally mm-hmm. think that he needed to figure out a way to continue keeping his name in, in the spotlight, and that's how he did it. Because let, and let's take all this aside. Take all of what he has done as far as off the field, and let's get back to the brass nuts of football. Okay, Colin Kaepernick was in the decline of his career, without question. And you can sit here and say, out of all these guys that got signed, all these guys that got signed, you know, he's better than. But you know what? It's not the risk-reward situation is where – Colin Kaepernick is right now in his contract uh, in his career. The risk reward, okay. If you take the risk of having negative people, you know, on Colin Kaepernick because you got a money team, take that one out there. Talk about what's going to happen. What type of player is Colin Kaepernick after not being out on the football field for two years? Okay, he he's diminished. I, I don't care what anybody. He was on his on the decline already. Now he hasn't been out on the football field for two years. So you can't tell me 
that a second or third year quarterback is not not the same pick as Colin Kaepernick, except for the experience. But when you're doing that and everything, you know, if you're the Browns, you don't, you know, it just depends on what you're trying to achieve. Okay, if you want a winning record and you don't go to your quarterback that you just drafted and everything else and who you got going on, that is about the talent. Okay, you know, but when you are a football team that has your franchise solidified quarterback, you don't need Colin Kaepernick as a backup because you have the other guys that have been playing the game, have been taking snaps, have been doing what they're doing, that are in better shape to play the game because Colin Kaepernick hasn't been on the field two years. I think it's definitely a disadvantage for him as far as that. And Todd, he comes out and he says Colin Kaepernick has been blackballed out of football. I think the simple fact of the matter is his talent was getting him out, and the fact that he made the stand is what got it, kind of rushed him out of football a little bit faster. Because I think if he didn't do this square vote, we wouldn't be talking about Colin Kaepernick not having a job in the NFL. I, so portion of it, I believe. But at the same time, I'm also going to say this. If this guy was a playoff caliber quarterback, that guy would have had a job, period. I mean, yeah, I think there is some truth to that. Uh, but I also think that uh, uh, I think I'm past the whole, you know, he doesn't have a job because he of his talent. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not buying that no more. I I I, I agree with Todd. I think <laughs> I, I agree with Todd, man. Like, and 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 no, I'm not saying this is a race situation. I'm saying this is a we don't like him because he did something that we disagree with. Situation. So now we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to that. You know, we're we're going to go ahead and and, and take away uh, uh, his his means of of income and, and how he makes money, we're going to take that away from him because we as, as a society, did, he did something that we don't like. So because you're not falling in suit with what everyone else is doing, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to pretty much throw you into the you – know, we're going to throw you into the sewers. You're, you're, you're nobody. You're a nothing. And I think that's, that's a big – problem is that we do that and and people get away with it that's the other big thing is that we do that to people and get away with it that's kind of that's i mean how would american way i mean (laughs) i guess i mean i I mean how would that's i don't know i don't know how how we allow people to get away with that type of of behavior or that type of way of thinking. Well, you know, he's got a college degree in business management, so he should be able to get a job somewhere else too, Cuervo. I, now, I said that facetiously. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have not said that. But, hey, he's got a college – he's got a bachelor's degree in business management, okay? He can go out and get a job if he wants one. So, you know, the fact that he is just – not being able to make the money in the profession he chooses, which is the NFL. But I, 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 me personally, you know, a guy that's been off the football field for a couple of years, 
Yeah, portions of it, I think, are blackballed because I do believe there are some NFL owners saying, stay away from this guy. But, you know, that happens mm-hmm. every day, Cuervo, in reality, doesn't it? I mean, if you, if you put someone oh, down yeah. or someone calls, you, calls your former employer, what do you think about this guy? You, you want to stay away from him. It happens every single day. And it don't matter what necessarily the reasons were you want to, or you say to stay away from the guy. Okay, you know, all all day long, <laughs> you know, there could be mm-hmm. something behind it, but it happens every single day. People get blackballed every single day. This just happens to be on a bigger, you know, more focused level because let's just be honest, Cuervo, all right, and in your profession in the military, would anybody give a real rat's fat ass whether or not that you were blackballed within your profession? Probably not, Cuervo. I mean, I, I don't think, right? I, I Maybe – Maybe military might be a little bit different, but in the business world, if someone blackballs you, hey, that's business. Now, I don't know. Is it different for in the military for something like well, that? Well, not – I mean, to an extent, yes. It's – you know, this is the raw truth about it. You know, I mean, you can, you can do a great job at whatever it is that you do, but if the right people don't like you or if the right people um, – you know, as far as your personality or just you as a person, then that it could lead to some sort of a level of blackballing. But um, I think for the most part, other than that, no, it doesn't really happen where you get blackballed right. just for a certain decision because, I mean, really at the end of the day, at least for us, it's all about getting the job done, you know, accomplishing your mission. And however you do it is, is, is up to you, but you better get it done. And, that, and that's, what, that's what truly matters. The only type of blackballing that I've ever seen is, is with guys that are not liked very much, maybe because they just don't have an outgoing personality or, um, you know, or they're, they're just a jerk. You know, that's just their their personality is that they are a jerk. Um, but other than that, how you get the job done, people don't care. Um, but if you're not liked, that that's that's going to be an issue for you. Yeah, I a real big story. It's not going to go away. Um, I think we'll we'll hear more about it a little even a little bit later, as far as what's going on. Uh, new one says they can stay in the locker room, but if they go out on the field, they must stand. <sighs> There's something about that I don't like, Cuervo. I just say uh, it's not a good thing. I, I, and, and and then then you throw that you got Donald Trump's big mouth up on top of it. Yeah, I'm gonna bash him. I don't like him. I, I'll admit my bias. Guy's a punk. Okay, our president is a punk, and that's fine. I, I, but he, he's still gonna get some things done too. I believe that too. Doesn't mean that he's not a punk. Um, it's just, you know, he's punk on the outside. But, you know, as far as what he does, you know, it's great. But, you know, him getting involved with this made this a bigger issue in reality because I have a feeling if it was Obama, I don't think Obama would have a lot of things to say about it in reality. I think Obama probably would have kept his mouth. Uh, uh, now, that having been said, Cuervo, with everything that's going on, you know, you got everybody ripping the NFL for for this opinion and doing what it is. 
you know, we go back to another thing that's, uh, you know, as far as social, if you remember a couple of years back, one Richie Incognito uh, got himself in a lot of trouble as being a quote-unquote bully um, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, now, guess what? Throws his weight, mate, hot, you know, gets himself thrown into a mental hospital where people are putting him on a 48-hour watch because of his mentality. This goes to show Cuervo and I think every single football player in the NFL really needs to do this. There is a way to diagnose CTE now without having the patient be uh, dead. They need to find this policy. They need to get it in there because if there's anybody that has taken a lot of headshots, that's Richie Cognito. Offensive linemen take a lot of big headshots. I'm telling you I know this for a fact, okay? The reason why I took them for a while there on the offensive line. They take a lot of head hitting. They take a lot of shots to the head from the defensive linemen, you know. So Richie Incognito, I think there's something. And this is this is an interesting story going on from what's going on as far as the bullying is concerned, you know. But wow, Richie Incognito, you know, being held on that uh, mental, you know, they they released him, I guess. Uh, there was a 911 recording that um, uh, had him yelling and screaming in the background, and people were worried about his safety and what he will do to himself. This head trauma story, Cuervo, mm-hmm. is not going to go away, and the NFL is really continually, year after year, not really addressing it to a point to where – people are paying attention on their level. Now, I was sitting before we came on the show, Cuervo, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, why does the NFL have to be the watchdog over everything that's going on? But in this case, on what's going on regarding CTE, you know, they are the watchdogs of that because of the way the game is played. That, you know, the way the game is played, you're getting hit in the head. Things are happening like this. So they have to be the, 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 the one organization that has to take, unfortunately, almost the full responsibility of the head trauma issue because of the way the game is played, Cuervo. Fairly or unfairly, they have got to take a stand and they got to do something about it on their level for their football players. They really did. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Sonny. Um you know, I think I think the NFL probably feels like they they have a responsibility uh, for his actions, even though he hasn't played in the league. Uh, you know, Are you honestly, playing last year, Cuervo? Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, just because he hasn't played this year. Uh, or he uh, he did play last year. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting confused here. Uh, he's an NFL employee is the bottom line. And, and, right. and I think the NFL feels they have a responsibility, even though he has, he has announced that I believe he announced that he retired or that he's retiring. Uh, so with that said, I mean, you know, it, it, it still falls on the NFL because guess what? I think they already know that they're going to start getting – uh, questions as far as well what do you think could have caused him to act out this way and you know what's crazy yeah. is that I've actually um, you know I've talked 
I've talked. I've never talked to Rinchia Cognito. I've heard him speak on national television. I think he was on Colin Cowherd's show and things like uh-huh. that. Um, he seems like a pretty even keel kind of guy. I, I, I never would have suspected any signs of uh, uh, craziness, you know, outla- outlandish behavior like that. This is not a guy that you would expect. But then again, you know, he did what he did to that to that one player, uh, his old teammate. So it's kind of one of those things where it's always the guy that you don't expect that acts out that way. So I don't know. It, it, it's, it surprises you, but it doesn't. Maybe because, you know, again, he doesn't quite have that reputation. He had the one incident and that was it. But, I mean, for some people, that one incident was enough and – now he has the reputation of being a bully. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Jonathan I mean, I, I just kind of, yeah, Jonathan Martin, right? That's the guy that he uh, that he was bullying. So, pretty crazy. And um, and, and, and I'm, you know, it, it's really interesting. And, and I'm telling you, Cuervo, I know you haven't done it. I, I, I might I might even just go and find out the, the your your Amazon account. You gotta watch. You 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 uh, gotta watch the uh, the thing on the Dallas Cowboys, the, the Cowboys? All or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cowboys and the other ones. They got other ones because I won't tell you. There's some. There's a revealing thing in this. I don't know if the NFL is blind to it, don't care about it, or whatever it is, or maybe this is because folks that don't know, it wouldn't be any great big surprise. I deal with his. Con- I call it concussion syndrome. There are other things. I I I have days where I'm not there. I mean, <laughs> some people go, Sonny, really, that's every day? Not like, like today. I feel absolutely wonderful, and I'm not feeling the effects on it. But I'm going to tell you, there are some times where it's not one or two days. It's a, it, it, And I'll call it, for a lack of a better word, I'm in a funk for about two or three days. And in, in, I'm not thinking clearly. I'm not, I, I'm not really even understanding what I'm doing sometimes. So, mm-hmm. I, I, so when, when I talk about this kind of thing, it, it tells me, okay, and, and what I know on a daily basis is, if I, and I didn't have an illustrious career in high school playing football, for God's sake, no way. And it's, this affects me uh, you know, at least monthly, sometimes weekly, depending on the situation, what these guys have been doing, playing this game for 20 and 30 years, and the consistent head knocking that is going on that happens out on the football field is you've got to, if you're the NFL, you've got to recognize it. And when you see it on all or nothing and you see what goes on, whether it's the bullying because you see that directly. I mean, they're back and forth. They're yelling. I mean, you know, calling each other. But that's, that's the nature of football, by the way. I, I honestly believe that, by the way. In the, in the locker room, there's so much going on in a locker room. If you want to call it bullying, that's absolutely fine. But a lot of the times that bullying is a motivator in reality. And that's what John, Jonathan, or Richie Incognito was saying about Jonathan Martin the whole time. He said he did it to try to, to motivate the guy because he's such – such an even-keeled guy. And, and when you're an NFL football player, being even-keeled doesn't really help you. Being passive doesn't really help you. you got to be an amped-up dude 
in reality to help you on the football field. Um, and, and you see that in that. So inside this all or nothing thing, I, I, I don't think it's great for the NFL because it shows the bullying and that, that kind of attitude, which is nowadays looked upon as, oh, that's horrible. You shouldn't do it. But that's the nature of football. And then you have – Watching these guys talk sometimes in these shows, you can kind of almost see that they're not completely all the way there. And if you remember on our show about four or five years ago, we had on my my, my, my all-time favorite, Tom McManus. He, he, he was on Radio Row, and some of these football players going and doing the interviews, you could just see how it affects them when they sit down. And he said you'd be in the middle of a conversation asking a question, they go off you know, way away from the question on some kind of crazy thing that had nothing to do with what they were talking about, or you can see him glassed over. The NFL is going to have to do something about this Cuervo because if they don't, this is not – I mean, I, I don't want to say that we'll ever lose, the, lose football as a business, but it's going to put a dent in, this, in the NFL sooner or later, Cuervo. And what I mean by dent mm-hmm. is it's going to take money away from the game to where they can't do it the way that they want to do it because they're going to get sued right and left. Well, I mean, they already did once, didn't they? I mean, if, if I, if I yeah, remember once. correctly. Yeah, they, and, and there's more coming, Cuervo. There's no question about that. They're going to get sued up the yin-yang because as soon as all these other things start coming out about, you know, the the concussion syndrome and things of that sort, people are going to go after the deep pocket. Right or wrong, Cuervo, it's just going to happen. You know, you get a good enough attorney, um, you you go for the deep pocket and the deep pocket in an industry that's supposedly $11 billion, and I'm telling you it's $18 billion. That's where people are going. The other $7 billion that they're not talking about is going to end up paying for a lot of these things. It's not more, Cuervo. And these football players, they're going to win this, I have a feeling. Um, mainly not because of what can be proven, but sympathy for the physical, um, the, the physical condition of the players when they get older. It's got, and they'll, they'll be able to tug on the heartstring and get the money from the big bag NFL who makes $18 billion a year, and these guys just want basic medical insurance. It's going to cost them, but the NFL needs to be so hugely proactive and and blanket this and say, if you played in the NFL for over uh, two years, you're going to be taken care of for the rest of life or it's going to cost them more in the end. I'm telling you right now it will. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. The uh, stay tuned, right? That's what we got to do. We just got to oh. stay tuned and and uh, oh, see what happens. Cuervo. <laughs> I hate to say this. I'm sorry to interrupt you. As we are talking, of course, what do I have on the NFL? And the NFL is doing the top 100 players. And at number 51, Cuervo, I'm going to tell you right now, if we can't find at number 51, those ones that are behind them better than number 51, we're crazy. Case Keenum, top 100 player. I, I, I'm sorry. I think we got some – we got to really look. I, I don't know if this is current or all times. I'm not seeing a lot of old names on here no. yet. So, but. Okay. I know what you're talking about, Sonny. That is based on last year. That's based okay. on how they played all this right. past season. 
It is definitely all, right. all time. <laughs> definitely I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, in number 51, Case Keenum, are we serious? But, I mean, I... I <laughs> Sonny, I was gonna say, come on, Sonny. Think about it. He's not even a top 51 quarterback of all time. He's not I, even top 51 exactly. quarterback. I don't <laughs> so, even think no, he's yeah. top 50. In the, I don't even think that he falls into the category of top 50 just because he led a defensive team, being that of the Vikings. You know, and, he, and he's, I, I don't think he did anything so out. Well, maybe I maybe I just got to look at the stats or something. But you know, I I know he played well. Don't get me wrong. I know he played well. But mm-hmm. really, fifty top fifty even this year. I mean, is that a little high, Quervo? Fifty one. He's number fifty one. Well, you know, I mean, he did have a good season. He really did. He had a great season. Um, I guess it all depends on who is going to wind up being ahead of him. And if there's guys on there that, that, uh, you know, probably should have, or actually, no, I'm thinking differently. We should look at 52 through a hundred. Those guys take a look at those and see if there's anybody that should have been ahead of Case Keenum. And I'm sure right. to find a couple there. I'm sure there's Derek a couple. Derek Carr's number 59. Derek Carr's number fifty nine. Leonard Fournette well, is hurt. number fifty six. I, 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 I'm Leonard Fournette. Philip Rivers. I mean, these. I, I'm, I'm just looking at them. You know. Now, granted, some of these had some injuries, and I get it. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I got to baby turn this channel off. I mean, <laughs> maybe because I look at maybe it's I'm, just... I'm looking at this going. These people are crazy. But you know, I think about it though. Top fifty. Our top hundred of all the football players. Now, granted, how many are on a team? My, my brain—I'm pulling a brain fart. I normally know this 53. number. Fifty-three. All right, so fifty-three. You know, so you have fifty-three players on the team. So, well, I don't know. Maybe I can see it then, because in reality, it's not a lot. You know, in reality, let's do the math. So you got 53 players and there's um, 32 teams, right? 32, yeah. There's 16 yes. on each side, so 32. Wow. All right, so that's out of 1,696 players, and that number is actually higher because of players who go in and out and stuff like that. So let, let, let's say let, – let's just say out of two – all right. Out of 2,000, these are the top 100. Case Keenum, 51. Mm. I guess it just depends on the value of the uh, of the position and it, all right, I get it. I get it now. The value of the well, position yeah, yeah because quarterback I is can, always I, overvalued. So because I look at offensive linemen I don't, they don't get their just due. I'm sure there's some uh, you know, linemen down in the eighties and nineties that you'd be thinking, Are you crazy? Odell Beckham didn't even he played what, one game? And they ranked him 78th. I mean, come on. See, that's that's what I don't like about all-star voting, okay, and, and, and well, this, and this thing here. You're talking about guys that played a game or two. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He gets he – gets, Beckham gets knocked down just because of the fact that he got hurt and was out most of the year. But just so you, just so you know, 
just so you know, when it comes to the voting uh, of, of this list, it's voted by other players. So these oh, are the peers I did of not these guys. Know that. Yeah. So the actual players are voting for each other. Then I'm okay with it. I'm all right with yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, then I'm all right with it. I'm just watching. Just I, it, uh, When I flipped it on and it was going on, I, I didn't realize that so the if, players were picking it. So then I'm, I'm actually, all for this list then. If you sit down and you actually watch it, Sonny, you're going to see interviews from random players saying like, okay, well, why did you put Case Keenum at number 51? Oh, he had a great year, blah, blah, blah. Or they'll speak about that player. And a lot of times, yes, it's their teammates, so they're a little biased. But sometimes sure. you'll have, <laughs> you know, with a guy like Case Keenum, you might have a guy, uh, for example, a guy like Darius Slate, right? He's in the division, played against Case Keenum. He's like, man, that guy can sling the ball. And he'll say something about him, which, is, which kind of justifies why he was voted so high on the list, whatever. But the Got point it. is, the voting, the voting is done by other players. That, uh, uh, here we go. Uh, 97, Carlos Hyde. 96, Malcolm Jenkins. 95, Lane Johnson. I didn't see who was at number one, but Kirk Cousins was at 93. Wow. They haven't gotten now, number one yet. That, yeah, yeah. But, uh, Kirk Cousins, that, 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 wow. That that tells you, I think that speaks volumes about how the players think about that guy, Cuervo. Isn't that amazing? I mean, because, I mean, I would have thought, listen, I, I don't know. I, wow. The players don't like this guy, Cuervo. I mean, that, that, that just doesn't show something. Because, granted, he didn't have a great season, but how the players can't even see he had nobody to throw the football to. Mm. They, oh, they talking about Kirk Cousins? That. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, ninety six. Well, again, I mean, and and that goes back to what I, what my prediction was last year for the Redskins. You know, I said they were going to suck, and because yep. it's it, and it's you know because Kirk Cousins has nobody to throw the football to. And yep. you and know, then they lost the one guy that of, they had. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, I mean, her cousins in his mind was like, I have no choice but to leave, and that's what happened. That's why I think next year, for next year's list, you're going to see her cousins much higher than this list. I mean, he's almost at the bottom, so you can only go. We got to write that. I'm glad those are being taped because I think he's going to wash out Cuervo. I, I really do. I, you know, and before we get into it. I got to go to break because uh, we got we got an hour and five minutes without hitting the break. But so we'll we'll do this. Well, we'll talk about that because I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I think he's going to wash out. Why does somebody think he's going to wash out? I actually have a good reason why. And this was that and how we actually even just tripped into this, which it's it's radio gold. It's wonderful. We're going to take a quick break on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Kirk Cousins. Squareville thinks he's going to be there. I think he's going to wash out. Let's talk about it when we get back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. That being said. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Rowlett 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. 
with this guy, Cuervo, because I'm going to tell you right now, it's putting up for shut-up time. Obviously, getting the contract he got. But really, in reality, this is a great place for him to go, because I think what's going to happen here is, is that this team is going to win some games, but I think Kirk Cousins is going to get a little bit too much credit, and I'll tell you the reason why. When you've got a defense as good as you got up there in Minnesota, and you're a and, and I'll even say it. I'll, I'll call him a comparable starting quarterback. Not a superstar by any stretch, but this guy can go in and he can do something. I think he's going to get too much credit in reality, Cuervo, but it, if they're successful. But if something tells me this, you know, you know, this is a pressure. I mean, the money that this guy had. Now, granted, he got a lot in Washington, but really – he didn't have to do much to be the guy in reality. I think in up there in Minnesota, the expectations are going to be a little bit high. I don't know if he's going to be able to answer those high expectations there in Minnesota. I think he's going to, I mean, really, you look at, you look at the guys, Cuervo, talk about Stefan Diggs. Outside of that, Cuervo, you're not really talking about anybody except maybe, maybe Kendall Wright, maybe. So, you, you take a look at that. I mean, he's the new wide receiver for him. But take away from that, Cuervo, I, I just – I have this guy falling on his face. I don't know if he can really, really accept the challenge or the pressure of having to win. Because let's be honest, Cuervo, there wasn't really any pressure on him to win in Washington. Well, I think there was a little bit of pressure. I mean, honestly um... – you know, especially when they had they won the division, and then it kind of just uh, you know the expectation was there. You know what I'm saying? So the expectation was there, uh, and uh, I just kind of feel like when they kind of fell on their face and wasn't able to. Uh, repeat, I guess, as division champions, you know, people started to uh, doubt him a little bit. So, I don't know. I just kind of feel like, uh, you know, what it, and, but, but you know what, at the same time, at the same time, the front office didn't do Kirk Cousins any favors. You know, they asked I him agree. to, to uh, uh, you know, have a repeat performance of when they did win the division but didn't didn't give him the tools to be successful. And as a GM and as a front office, that's what you have to do. And they didn't do it. So what did you expect, Kirsch Cousins? What did, what did you expect him to do? You're, did you really think he was going to be like, eh, I'll stick around. You guys, aren't prob- you guys probably won't give me any help. But I think I'm, it's, it's kind of like LeBron James in the NBA. I mean, if you really think LeBron's going to stay in Cleveland next year, you're either you're either a diehard Cavs fan, or you don't know anything about the NBA. It's one of the two. right. And everybody else <laughs> can see the writing on the wall that LeBron is leaving Cleveland and is going to break that city's heart again. And they have nobody to. You can't blame LeBron this time. It, it, actually, you even last time you really can't blame LeBron. Look, actually, I will blame it. Well, uh, uh, and I know why, and I know why, and and I get it. I get it. At the same time, though, 
I think the mistake that Cle- the Cleveland Cavaliers are making, and, and, and see, now we're getting back into basketball, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are making the mistake <laughs> of letting LeBron call the shot. You yep. never, ever let a player call the shot. They are a player. They are your employee. Why, why, is, why does he get to dictate what happens with that basketball team? Look, I, agree. I get it, man. There, maybe there's some guys that you just you don't you don't like or you can't get along with. But I'll tell you what, if if it's going to equal championships and it's going to equal money in your pocket, find a way to get along. It's 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 a business, fellas. Like, don't take it so personal. And I think that's what a lot of guys make the mistake of doing is they take it personal. Oh, we want to play with our friends. We want to be <laughs> on the same team as our friends, our BFFs, so we can go get smoothies after the game together. Like, who the <laughs> hell cares? This is a profession. You're a grown-ass man, okay? The, 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 the goal should be to make as much money as you can and win titles. That's it. Smoothies. That's all you should care about. Smoothies. You like, you like that, huh? Now, hey, <laughs> okay, we gotta get off LeBron. That, that, that you're gonna try to kill this old man. All right, hey, all right. <laughs> now, now, having been said, we're talking about Kirk Cousins and Cuervo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out this and see, and this off the top of your head because you, you can't look it up fast enough. Who do you think has more touchdowns, Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins? I would guess Kirk Cousins. I don't know. You you are correct. Also, you take a look at it. Look at who was you know, Kirk Cousins has more touchdowns than Case Keenum, so they, mm-hmm. they're get, they're getting a little bit more in the touchdowns. And remember, he had no one to throw to, but supposedly he has people to throw to in Minnesota, right? Oh, he does. So oh, he yeah. absolutely so does. I I I, I say that. supposedly because I think. I, I think you, when you got that great of a defense, you don't need that great of a wide receiver core because um, they're going to keep you in them. But that having been said, you look at the yards. You, who has more yards, Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins? Ooh, I would have. I would assume Cousins has more yards as well. Cousins does, and that and that. And so, as far as what the. Vikings were looking at Cuervo. Okay, as far as what they're looking at, the only difference in reality is you've got, a, you've got a guy that might throw the bad interception. And, folks, I'm telling mm-hmm. you that's what's going to cause this whole thing because you look at 13 interceptions to seven by Case Kingham. The, the interceptions are going to be – and here's the thing. he's kind. Of, I think of Kirk Cousins as a poor person's Tony Romo. Okay, when when I say that is, is the guy can make the vital mistake at the uh, at the worst time, and that's what you get in Kirk Cousins. And I'm wondering, and I, and I don't want to say the guy fall on his face, but as far as predictions, I want to be right. I want him to fall on his face because I think this guy is he you get more touchdowns, you get more yards. But you also get a guy that takes more risks because when you look at Case Keenum, this guy was accurate with the ball. You say accurate with the ball, Sonny, what are you talking about? Well, 67% is a good number, but you drop to 64% 
with Kirk Cousins. I'm telling you that those three or four percentiles make a big difference in reality. And because that could be bad management with the ball. And I, I just there's there's something about the risk taking that Kirk Cousins does. He does. He reminds me of a poor man Tony Tony Romo. Uh, but now he's getting he got more money, you know, within the last couple of years than Tony Romo did. But you get my point. Yeah, I mean, I, I do get your point, um, but uh, we haven't really. I, I honestly don't think in the best of Kirk Cousins. I mean, I'm not saying he's up there with Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. I, I just, I just believe he's a guy that if you surround him with some good weapons, uh, I think he could do. I think he can make some plays. He can make some things happen. So, um, and I think we're going to see it this year. You got, you got Stephon Diggs. You've got um, Adam Thielen, who I think is a, is a decent receiver. Uh, you know, he, he's a little inconsistent. He'll have a big game and then, then not show up the next game and whatnot. But, uh, but I think the one that you, that you maybe just forgot about or just because he's a tight end is, you know, it's not the first name that comes to mind. Kyle Rudolph is a solid tight end, uh, and, and I think he can make some plays uh, – for Cousins and he's, he's all pro tight end so uh, he's definitely this is definitely the best receiving core arguably the best offense uh, altogether that I think Kirk Cousins has ever had in the NFL and I think that's going to pay dividends for him it's just a matter of you know getting the time in with these guys getting to you know know each other and, and, and get the timing down on routes and stuff like that basically just putting in the work to uh, make sure that you're ready for the season because next Friday is June 1st, Sonny. So we're, we're, we're approaching the month of June fast. And I think July is when training camps, training camps begin in July, if I'm not mistaken. So with that said, if I'm not mistaken, you're right. Yeah. OTAs are going on right now. Or, or I think they were going on. Um, Yep. So it's, it's, you know, it's it's time to start putting work in. You know, off season is is done. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see. I, I myself, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I really, I you know, personally, I, you know, the Minnesota Vikings. I don't want them to win the division. I either want the Lions or the Bears to win that division. Call me what you will. I well, I, thank you, you Sonny. Know. I appreciate that. It, it, you know, I'm kind of, you know, that, that's what I'm, I mean, I hate Aaron Rodgers because he's like the, the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s. He's just that good. So, yeah, I hate that guy. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that's a good reason. Yeah, I mean. Well, yeah, it, but, it, but the one thing about Aaron Rodgers that differs from the Dallas Cowboys, he's, I don't think he's a very arrogant guy compared to the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s. That's all they had was arrogance. The only class they had was Troy Aikman. And and I even say that to a certain extent to Emmett Smith because I've heard him talk. Um, so that that's another thing. Um, but you know the class of that right. team was Aikman. Uh, but you know, but you know that it'll be really interesting to see where I, I'm. I'm very interested to see where Kirk Cousins ends up because this division might be blue collar enough for him to be successful in, but. He's got to get past Aaron Rodgers, okay? And, and, and to a certain extent, he's going to have to get past the Lions and Matthew Stafford. And even to a certain extent with the, with the Chicago Bears, I'm going to tell you right now, 
and, and I'm not just saying this because he's on the line. Cuervo, your quarterback in Chicago, I think this could be a breakout season for him because of the, not not necessarily because he's all that great, Cuervo. It's because of what they did, the guys that they went out to help him get. You know, and I think that could be really good for him. I think you could have a break breakout season with your you know second year guy. His name slipped in my mind. What's his name? You know it. You're younger. Wait, I'm sorry. Who 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 are you, who are you trying to think the of? The quarterback for the for the Bears. Oh, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Trubinsky, I think he's going to be. I, I, you, we're going to be talking about him somehow, some way, in a positive. In like when you get towards the end of the year, we're going to be talking about a guy that I think. I mean, and, and look at the additions that the Bears did. I mean, you know about that more than I do, but um, the the additions that the Bears put out for him to be successful. I think, I mean, we're going to be talking about Mitchell Trubisky. I think we're actually going to talk about the Bears in the playoffs this year, Cuervo. I really do. And the main reason is, is his progression has been one of those steady things in a positive. I have hardly heard two bad words about Mitchell Trubisky, regardless of what kind of play that he has. Well, I mean, he's a good, humble kid, Sonny. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know too much about him. But what I do know is that he's a, he's a good, humble uh, young man, and he, uh, you know, he's learning pretty fast. I think a lot of people are are really considering him a dark horse for, um, you know, I guess besides most Rogers, improved. The best quarterback in yeah, most improved. Uh, That's you know, where sophomore I got of the year. About. Uh, best quarterback in the division besides Rodgers, whatever, however you want to categorize it. Basically, the point is I think a lot of people are look at him and say, you know, actually, what, and this is the honest to God truth, this is not being, me being a Bears fan, a lot of people are saying he's going to be the next Carson Wentz. And, 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 and what I mean by that is, you know, struggled here and there his rookie year, but then obviously you saw what he did his second season, uh, and just the the amount of improvement that he showed, mm-hmm. a lot of people yep. are, a lot of people feel like Trubisky could could show that same type of progression, uh, you know, that quickly. And, and I mean, that that's got to excite you as a, as a me as a Bears fan. It definitely excites me uh, because, I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jay Cutler, yes, he's the best thing that they've had, uh, but I think. I think Trubisky could be better than that. Uh, and I think I that think he could can. be something I think that he already is. As, as Bears fans, we're not used to having good quarterback play. We're not used to having a guy that can throw uh, for 350 and four touchdowns every game like, like a Rodgers does or, or even a Matthew Stafford. Like, we're not used to that. We're used to ground and pound, play good defense, and, you know, you hope for the best. I bet you so, Alan. I, I bet you Alan Robinson's really happy about being a bear. I mean, he's got he's got Trubisky throwing him the football instead of you know the, his quarterback, the, the main man down in Jacksonville. I mean, so he's got he's got to be so happy. I think he gets the better quarterback too. So you, well, you, I think put, I think you, he sees the potential in this team. I mean, yeah. you know, the Bears are a young team, Sonny. And, and, oh, yeah, they got and Kevin White and Anthony Miller. These guys are going to be – I'm going to tell you right now, they got a great one-two-three punch, Cuervo. I'm telling you right now, 
Mitchell Trubisky, that's why I'm looking at him and where he can go. You know, I, you know, and then mm-hmm. they got a bunch of other guys that are, are you know, role players that could, that are going to be pretty good too. Benny Fowler is not a slouch, guys. I'm telling you right now. If I'm not mistaken, he was with the Broncos, and and they used him. And you, you know, you, it's kind of like the utility man in baseball. You know, kind of move him around a little bit. I, I think they got a good core of wide receivers out there, Cuervo. I really do. Yeah, I, I like I like the moves that that uh, Ryan Pace made. Um, I, I think they're solid. And, you know, honestly, like, I, I like the fact that he's a lot more focused on the defense in, in the sense of, you know, drafting a guy like a Roquan Smith. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Calvin Ridley's going to be a stud in this league, uh, especially with Matt Ryan throwing him the football. I like the pick that they made in, Calvin, or in uh, Roquan Smith. I mean, that, that's what Bears football is about. You know, good linebacking uh, play, uh, running the football with a guy like Jordan Howard. Uh, and, um, you know, everything else is a bonus in reality. Having a, having a quarterback like Trubisky, having receivers like, like Allen Robinson and, and uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel, who, who's, who's a, you know, he's a burner. I, I hope I hope yep. you see some good stuff from him. It'll, it'll remind me of Devin Hester when he was here. Um, and, you know, other things too. I, I think you know. I think one of the more underrated signings that the Bears made though was Trey Burton, the backup tight end from the Eagles last year. What I yes. love about him is that he is he is a blocking tight end. He's a blocker first, and that's what the Bears need. They need a guy that can help seal holes for Jordan for Jordan Howard for Tariq Cohen. Uh, it's that way they can set up Trubisky to get the ball to Robinson and, um, you know, to uh, Burton and Deion Sims. I think we still have Deion Sims at tight end. I can't remember. But, you know, to get the get the guy, those guys, the ball, uh, you know, that's going to be huge. So I, I like the direction that the, that the, uh, the team is going. Uh, obviously, you know, I hope that uh, a guy like Leonard Floyd can stay healthy. I think there's big things coming for him, too. So and Sheehan it's, it's, too, Cuervo. I'm sorry. Adam Sheehan. Oh, Adam Sheehan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's the next. Uh, I'm hoping he's the next. You know, Jimmy Graham type of uh, yep. tight end. You know, you know, tall uh, can go up and get the ball. And I know a lot of the highlights that you saw before he was drafted last year was against you know, Division One AA or Division Two school. Uh, but I think I don't think you can deny his talent, and, and he's got it. Well, you can't so. teach height, Cuervo. That's the thing, and that's the reason why he works really well for them. You can't teach height. Uh, he, I mean, he, he's going to catch football. He, he can catch, but height-wise, man, that, that's really going to help them, especially down in the red zone, Cuervo. I think he's he's going he's going to be a guy that they'll go to. I think. Well, I hope so. I mean, you can't let that height go to waste. In reality, yeah, I agree. That's that. This is going to be an interesting division in football because, man, I can see. I you know, I I don't know. Sometimes I you know, I think Matthew Stafford is going to turn turn that 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 line team around. You know, since they got rid of, I I don't I don't want to call him a cancer, but I think he's played better. Uh, I think he's played better in reality a quarterback Matthew Stafford without Calvin Johnson on the football team. I do. 
Um, he's spreading the ball around, getting much better, and I'm kind of a, a your closet Lions fan and a Bear fan. I I'm, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily hate the Green Bay Packers. I just Aaron Rodgers tired of that guy winning games that really in reality have no business winning. That he's just that damn good. I hate that. And the Vikings are always mm-hmm. going to be there. So you got a you got four teams that I you know man I I can't once I and we're going to Quavo we're going to break down the. The the divisions uh, and things of that sort, but man, this is a one two three four punch. I cannot believe um, in, in that division, in, in as far as the NFC North is concerned. In fact, I, I think in, as far as the NFC is concerned, I, you know, I can see all four of these teams in the playoffs. I really can. I mean, that would be crazy if that happened. That well, it won't really it won't crazy. happen. But I'm just I can, well, it can't, it, it, right? It, it can't happen. Yeah, it, yeah, it can't happen. But I will tell you, you know, any one of those four teams in the playoffs will not shock me. Um, and I'll tell you the reason why is, is I think what we're seeing a lot of, and, and I think the uh, the Vikings proved it. That Smash Mouth football is coming back, Cuervo. I, I believe it. It's coming back. Granted, we have that we have that finesse game, but when you look at the Vikings and the way they play football, you know it's not about mm-hmm. the, it's not about the the you know the air the air patrol. It's about the ground and pound, and it's throughout the the grit of the game. And the the in my opinion, I say North solidifies that whole thing, except for the fact that Aaron Rodgers they can do it both ways if they got somebody running the football. Um, but It'll be interesting. This is a – I call it a grit division of football, and all of them can make it. I mean, I know, let me rephrase that. If any of the four made it, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I don't think you can count any of them out unless something crazy goes on. And, you know, we talk about the beginning of the season, the preseason. Man. There are some football teams that cannot afford any big-time injuries, and that would be all four of these teams in this division because right now this is your best team right now to take you into the season barring no injuries. But we all know injuries in preseason and in training camp, you know, it's going to happen. I haven't heard of any as of yet. Have you heard any any devastating injuries yet so far? Yes. Um but it's not anyone in the NFC North. It's, it concerns the AFC West. So Hunter Henry, the tight end for the uh, L.A. Chargers, uh, suffered a, a torn ACL this past week. Oh, uh, it was about three days ago. That, so that, wow. that's, a bad, that's a big one. That's a big one for Phillip Rivers. That's that gonna is hurt. a big one because they had some expectations for that kid. They did. And it's really unfortunate because I like Hunter Henry. I think he's going to be one of the next best tight ends in this league. So, you know, and I don't think, and I don't think Antonio Gates is is a Charger anymore. So, with that being said, Sonny, yep, that that's that's a that, that's a tough one. That one hurt. Yeah, that one mm-hmm. hurt. Todd, thanks for giving us. Todd's giving us a listen. He's bailing. I think he's going to. Uh, um, I think he's going to. Um, uh, oh, uh, WNBA game. So ha- have fun at the WNBA game. Uh, Todd Bensu listens to us quite, and always he always chimes in. I like the fact that he chimes in. So uh, good to see him, and we'll catch him next week as he bails. We got about 25 more minutes left to go. So before I go into some of the other things, I, I want to make sure that we cover what you want to cover. Is there something that you want to cover that we haven't 
discovered as of yet uh, within, you know, this week or something that you just want to talk about before we move on? Well, you know, Sonny, I mean, I know, I know it's not the most exciting time of the year in baseball, but we haven't really much talked much major league baseball. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on so far on the season. Uh, if there's a team that you're kind of surprised by or, or anything like that, or, well, you know, a player that you might funny, be surprised. We were going to talk about that last week, and I forgot. I, I, I have to admit I forgot. And the reason why is because I forgot at the beginning of the year, a lot of people do a lot of forgetting about Major League Baseball when there's, you know, you're moving into football and, and obviously the NBA finals that are going on. But, you know, right now, man, and I hate to admit it because I can't stand the Yankees either, but they might, they, they just might have the most home runs and, you know, most, the most home runs and most runs scored a combo one-two punch uh, right now as far as the Yankees are concerned. I don't even know what the standings are, but every time I hear something about Major League Baseball, we're talking about, well, obviously they made some mm-hmm. huge moves, obviously, to get those bats uh, in the lineup for this season. I mean, they they have been a surprise. Uh, I think Boston's another team that kind of shocked some people and whatnot. And uh, it's it's been a, it's been a good year so far. Um, you know, the Cubs have had their struggles, but uh, I'm not too concerned with uh, where they're at so far this year. Um, I, I just think that uh, the pitching is is, is really. I knew from the day that they that they signed you, Darvish, that it was a bad idea. Uh-huh. I'm just not a fan of the guy. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not. And you know, and you know him just as well as anyone. Being a man yes. in the Dallas area, you you I'm sure you yep. you follow. Not I, I don't know follow, but and we, and we followed him in the playoffs with the, with the Dodgers too. So yeah, so but when his days with the Rangers, I know you probably saw a lot of him being in that local area. And I'm sure a lot of Rangers fans were probably frustrated and were like, man, we can't wait to get rid of this dude. So, I mean, it's been actually, 50 I remember, games I, into I the actually, season. It's funny you mentioned that, Cuervo, because I remember that you were thinking that it was the – I, you know, I guess at that time when that thing was going on, I remember they were thinking it was really horrible for this team in general because if you looked at yeah. what you, Darvish, did, he was actually an asset to that team. Um, he, this is a guy who didn't have to win every single. He went out every time he went out. He just had to be productive and somewhat good. And he was somewhat good. Um, when they lost him, now yeah, he, mm-hmm. people were not happy about it. Uh, but now that they see the results, I mean, you know, you know, granted, up in LA, you know, it, it wasn't the fact that he was lights out or anything, Cuervo. Um, so he, he's been average at best since the since the trade. Um, so. The reality is, a sense, it was the better thing for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think that money could have been spent a lot wiser. Uh, you know. Oh yeah. That as far as the Cubs and, and the moves that they made and whatnot. So it's too late now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. it's too late to cry over spilled milk. So yeah. you got to deal with well, it. As, I, I, as a well, fan, I'm. I'm <clears throat> Go ahead. I'm sorry, son. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I was going to say where, where the Cubs are. I mean, 
I, I have to you. I think you do have to worry about the Cubs. I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because the and you and you know this better than most. When the Cubs get behind, they're notorious for staying behind Cuervo. They've only had this success just recently, Cuervo. But if you go back in the history books, and they're 26 and 22. Now, granted, they're over 500, and that that's wonderful for them. It, but the, the problem is you got other teams. I mean, you got Milwaukee playing, you know, playing good baseball for crying out loud. Um, but you know, so the other teams will they cool off? Will Milwaukee slow down? That will be the big question as far as that. But like you said, where they are at twenty six and twenty two, you take away from Milwaukee. You know, I think that, that here it is thirty. They're thirty three and twenty. They they lead the the National League as far as record is concerned. Um, but everybody else had 29 wins, 27, and, and then the Bears at 26. So, really, they're three games behind. Will Milwaukee fall off that pace as well? I think they will because guess what? That's what Milwaukee does. I mean, they, they – and I read a lot this year about Milwaukee making a play for the playoff square ball. And, and granted, I'll go back to the fact that I don't know a lot about them, but I know about history about them. And Milwaukee is a team that sometimes does get out to a quick start, and then they fade. And that's what I expect this year from Milwaukee. So then you got St. Louis and Pittsburgh all in the central. Those are two tough teams. Never mind you got the guys on the other side, whether it be Washington, Philadelphia, or Arizona seems to like to win lately as well. But the Dodgers, they're only one game behind the Cubs as well. So – it's so far an interesting part of the early season. You know, what, we in about 50 games in the season right now? So I think it's pretty decent standings of where they're at right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, it's, it's I mean, still, you don't have, I mean, we're you still only in... have one team completely out of the Cuervo, Baltimore 17 and 35. For God's sake, that, that, you know, but every, and, and the White Sox, and Kansas City, they're, they're they're right there with discussing. But the rest of the the rest of the league, Cuervo, everybody's over twenty twenty two games. They're playing pretty well. Um, in reality, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, the Orioles are probably not gonna unless they go on like a twenty two game winning streak, which we've seen many times before in Major League Baseball. But yeah. I don't I don't see it happening this time. So not with this, not with that team. So I mean. Well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the I'm, fall of Kansas City, Cuervo. I mean, the fall of Kansas City in just a few years just really kind of amazes me. I mean, I, I mean, seventeen and thirty-five, and we're talking about you know World Series teams. You know, just a couple of years back, like what three years ago, Kansas City is in the World Series, wins the World Series. They now, won it. Now they're seventeen. Yeah, they're seventeen thirty-five, Cuervo. I mean, what what the hell happens to your team that fast where you fall that drastically to where? You're out of it, and it's not even June. Well, that's called breaking up the team uh, at a fast pace. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Marlins fans still have nightmares about winning championships and then breaking the team down. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It makes no sense <laughs> to do yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I mean, but but it happens, and you know, it, it's. I mean, what can, as a fan, what can you do about it? You can only complain yeah. so much. You can only get so frustrated. 
before you say, you know what, the hell with this team or, or whatever, or you just kind of deal with it and hope for the best. And for, yeah, for I, hate like the, like, I hate teams like the Marlins, that, that they'll sell the farm for one year but not sell, sell a formula. And the one year is not a formula. The one year is temporary. That's, and and I, I guess when you're talking baseball and you're talking about loyalty to a baseball, you're, you're depending on a formula in reality and not just a one-year wonder like Miami. They won two titles, right? Miami's won two, they right? They did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and they were one. One. I mean, they won one. Then they were. Then they sucked for like three years, and then won it again because they got the big signings and stuff. So. Pretty much. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Oh, by the way, I'm watching the NFL Channel. I just saw. I don't know if you remember the uh, Jim Rome uh, uh, Everett deal. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Famous video. I just saw the play where Jim Rome. Called why he called them that. There was nobody around him. He was against the 49ers. And there was nobody around him, and he laid down. <laughs> that, that's the classic <laughs> play where Jim Rome is all over Jim Everett on, on his uh, playing like a woman. You know, it, his undertone of playing like a woman because no one touched him. Literally, no one touched him, and he went down. Now there was a pass rush. Don't get me wrong. But no one even came close to him. They were like two or three yards away from him. So it, mm-hmm. it's always neat to see that kind of thing. Although that was kind of cool. Jim Everett going after Jim Rome. I mean, that 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 right there might be one of the best TV things ever that I've ever seen as far as player commentator and stuff like that. That was probably my all-time favorite where he goes up and <laughs> knocks him off of that little stage up there on ESPN. And I remember like it was yesterday, ESPN2. It was, I, I, I remember the whole thing. It was great. <laughs> Mainly because yeah. I don't like Jim Rome. You know, a lot of people don't, but I like – okay, I shouldn't say I like some of his takes. He entertains me, though. I think he's funny. He, and... Yep, he's an entertainer. I agree. Oh, yeah. I agree. The guy does know how to entertain. He definitely does. And, you know, I just – sometimes I don't agree with his takes on stuff, but, you know, it's kind of like, eh, whatever. It's, you know, it's your opinion, right? So. uh, Oh, I think that this was at the time where they they were figuring out that it's more entertainment than real because I don't believe – in reality, Jim Rome's half the things he said that he actually believes. I think he realizes it, it was about – he's one of the first to realize that it's about entertainment more so than the value of what you're bringing. Because if you can entertain someone, that's all you need to be on TV more so than the radio. Mm-hmm. you gotta, you got to bring what you got. But if you're on TV, you got to entertain. Um, I'm not saying that you don't need to do it on radio, but if you're on TV, it's more it's, – it's more, uh, what you got to do in, in order to to stay on TV, and I think that's what Jim Rome. I think, and, and out of all of them, he's he, he, you know, and and I don't like a lot of sports broadcasters. There are a lot of them. The most one I hate is him, and and it goes back to the fact that I don't think he believes half of the crap he says. And, you know, I, I'm not a Colin Kaepernick, uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, Colin Cowherd fan, but 
I honestly believe he believes his spiel, what he puts out, because I think there's too much research in what he does and what he says because he wants to back what he's trying to say. So there's a lot of research behind this. So I believe that Colin Cowherd believes everything he says, especially about LeBron. But I think, you know, Jim Rome is completely the opposite. It's whereas I think Stephen A. Smith, I think that guy's all about entertainment because half the time I don't believe what he says. And, you know, mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned, there's a lot of them out there. That, you know, I mean, I, I remember guys like Keith Overman. I, I love Keith Overman because he said what he believed. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why I liked uh, Overman when he was doing, uh, doing uh, radio at the time. Yeah, didn't ESPN just hire him for the third time? I think they <laughs> did, actually. I think I saw something yeah. about them getting him back again. I, I, and by the way, that, that's a dumb move. Sometimes you just got to go away. Keith Overman's one. And I like Keith Overman. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but but yeah. sometimes you just got to go away. And I think that's him. I mean, we're talking almost 30 years with Overman at an ESPN desk. That, that's ridiculous anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough we had Chris um, um, uh, uh, Chris Berman, Berman at the desk for as long as we did. Yeah, I mean, because at the end that was getting pretty obvious that he needed to go anyway. And same thing, I think, with Overman. I think that sometimes if you go to the well too many times, they'll come back and get you later on. I think this might be one of them. I mean, I don't know. It, it's It's interesting that they hired him again, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I, it was interesting. Like, Rome, they took there it off is. of uh, the local San Diego uh, radio, and then a couple right. of months later, they put him right back on. So I, I thought that was well, interesting. I, I, I know the reason why, Cuervo, the funny reason why you say that, because as bad as it is, and by the way, he's on CBS radio, Sports Radio, just so that you know. Yeah, I yes. know where he is. Yes. That's sad. He, he, he I, it's it's because over in that area they love Jim Rome, and when they took him off of the air, people they stopped listening to the station, and the numbers completely. It, it's like it was like a complete downfall during the hours that they were it, people weren't listening. So they they by necessity put it back on because the ratings were so horrible. So the guys that were filling in for him weren't doing the job enough to where people were going to listen. They couldn't get the sponsors and they couldn't get the listenership to sell the sponsor. I, I, I remember that like it was yesterday because there was a couple other, if I'm not mistaken, he was also taken out of the Florida, uh, a Florida area. And they put him right back on two or three months later because they couldn't get the sponsorship. They couldn't get the money's in uh, with the people that uh, filled in for him. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, but Overman, man, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? This guy's back on ESPN. I just – you know, I, and I have to admit, I, you know, I watched him on his, his show. It's called Countdown. I don't know if you remember it. Um, when he got out of sports, he went to politics. He went to see – I think it's CNBC, I think is where he went. And, and I actually caught myself watching that because I don't – I, I, I kind of liked his delivery – uh, in politics, the way that he did it in sports, uh, because he was known to be really kind of a, an undertone sarcastic, but his point was the sarcasm. 
more than anything. And that's the reason why I like them in politics. That's why I watch the show. Oh, okay. I yeah, mean, I don't know. Overman. Yeah, I, I, he was before my time. I, I, I was more like when Stuart Scott was coming up and Rich Eisen and those guys on ESPN. Yep. So I don't know too much about Olbermann. I don't remember a whole lot. But Eisen's with the, the NFL guys. Network now. Yeah, he's with the NFL Network, yeah. and, and they love mm-hmm. him. He just needs to either get a toupee or shave his head. One of the two. They, they need to get rid of whatever's on top of his head. They, that, that's got to go. But take away from that, I like oh, – I, I like – yeah, <laughs> Barkley. What, whatever is growing on top of that head of his is just, you know, and, and that's the reason why I did it, Cuervo. I didn't shave because of anything more than anything. I saw the bald spot. I just didn't want to look stupid. I mean, Eisen needs to realize yeah. how bad he looks, and yeah. someone needs to tell him. And, you know, maybe he'll hear this. I don't know, but <laughs> he's got to shave it off. Hey, he'd look cool completely bald if he did it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it would look better. He would definitely look better. Yeah. And if you know anything about Michael Chiklis, that was the guy that went from hair. Thank God you shaved your head. You saved your career. Um, Yeah. I I wonder if he could do the same thing. Michael Chiklis of the shield. And he did a show called the commission. He was losing his hair. It was on ABC. I watched it religiously. Why I don't know, but he he, he he was it was horrible. He looked absolutely horrible. And then he shaved his head and, and he went onto the shield. And there's something about he, 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 I don't know if it's ballsy or whatever. It is. I know when I did it, people thought I was ballsy. I was like, no, I just didn't want to look stupid. You know, I, I'd rather <laughs> having two bald spots. You know, being plain as day, and I didn't want to have the major mm-hmm. uh, the major comb over. So. <laughs> there you go. So, well, let's see here. Uh, now, Arizona gets the uh, gets the Super Bowl. By the way, um, so they're going to host 2019 yes. Super Bowl. I mean, and I like right. Arizona. I, I I like that stadium. I've been in it many times. Uh, I actually went and seen the WrestleMania. I think it was WrestleMania 26 was there. Um, and not a bad seat in the house in reality. Um, so th- that's kind of cool. Um, I might, I might see if I can grab a ticket for that since I'm only 35. And since I'm only about 50 bucks away from being there in two two hours, I just might give that an idea because I would love to go to another Super Bowl. I went to the Super Bowl when it was in Tempe at, at uh, Sun Devil Stadium um, back when the Dallas Cowboys won the one uh, over the uh, Steelers. So yes, so I was I was actually at that one. Of course, I was I was in the fine, literally the final row in almost standing room only. But I I can say I was there. <laughs> mm, okay. Oh oh oh! Yeah, hey, we got seven minutes. Square vote. Guess what? There, just in, with under some of the new rules that are coming out, helmet hits will lead to ejections under the new NFL rule. Wait, say that one more time. Helmet hits can or will lead to ejections under the new NFL rule going on. So, you know, one of the things, you know, the spearing with the helmet, putting your head down and things of that sort, it it could lead to ejections. So here we get the referees 
to use their judgment. I hate referee judgment calls. I really do. But in this case, I think it's definitely needed. I thought that was already a thing, though. I thought that was already a Helmet-to-helmet was... Yeah, they they, maybe, they flagged maybe. it, but they didn't eject him, Cuervo. They they flagged him for it, but now they're they're putting under ejections. But what one of my big deal was, which was leading into this, is is that it wasn't just offensive players that were supposed to get a flag. It was supposed to be offensive players who put their head down and lead with their head when they're getting right. tackled too. And I don't think that rule went into effect. Okay, I don't know. Maybe maybe I missed something, but uh, I thought that helmet to helmet was already a penalty. So it is maybe a penalty. I was wrong. This, yeah, it is a penalty. But now they're saying ejections. They can actually kick them out of the game for oh, a helmet to helmet shot. Okay. Yes, I get it yep. now. I get it now. Yep. Okay. Obviously. Wow. I think that's a bit. I think that's a big ballsy move in reality for the NFL um, to to make a move like that because it really. I mean, if you think about it, all their big you know highlights and everything about big hits are usually with players who duck their head and led with their helmet. Well, here's my question, Sonny. Are they gonna Are they gonna like do it in tiers as far as like? For example, I mean, if, are they going to judge it based on the severity of the helmet-to-helmet that, hit, or is it just exactly any what time? they're doing, Cuervo? Okay, okay. Because I was going to say, if, if any type of helmet-to-helmet hit, and they're going to they're going to eject you, that's a little excessive. Like, well, see, the problem the, is with on, these referees, Cuervo. None of them are great enough to have that kind of judgment. <laughs> At least I don't think. I mean, you know, the ones that they get wrong, ones that they probably should kick them out, they're going to miss. You, you know, and you know, to leave it up to the, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you police it more so, Cuervo, than anything. If you're going to, you know, it's pretty much got to be that. I just don't trust them to be that good at it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of think that. Uh... It, this could cause a lot of problems in, in the sense of you're going to have a lot of arguments as in, well, I don't think that was severe enough to, uh, you know, to call it an ejection. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, as far as the first time that that happens, you know, how how severe is is, is is it going to be that rates an ejection? And I don't. I just. I just think it's going to become very opinionated, and it could get to the point where um, where they're going to change the rule. It's just going to wind up getting changed because a lot of. Yep. There's going to be so many complaints, Sonny, about. Well, I don't think that well, should have constituted getting ejected, and it's just yep. going to cause a big mess. You know. So we'll, I we'll think see. You're right. We'll see how the. I mean, I get the safety, you know, you got to, you absolutely, 100%, absolutely think about the safety of, of uh, players. But I think it's going to get, there's going to be times where it's going to be so ticky tack that it's not going to be about the safety. It's going to be about, you know, judgment. And, right. And that's, that's, that, those types of rules, there is no black and white. 
it's right at the discretion of the referee. And, and they'll miss one or they will take one too excessive. It's going to be an argue fest. I know that. And that's what oh, yeah. I kind of looked at. Yeah. I, I don't want to say it's going to get ugly, but like I said, it's just, it's going to take a few bad or missed calls for them to say, you know, we got to change it. We've got to change the rule. Yeah. And, and that's, what's going to happen. So. And it'll be interesting to see if they'll that, go huh? back and, 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 and eject them or suspend them for a game after the game, maybe something that they didn't catch in the middle of the game, and that's the part I'm interested about. Right, right. So, I don't know. It's an interesting rule, Sonny. We'll find out how that works out. Yep, we'll see if it'll end up being something. I, I think it could be good for football. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's safe and enough, but whether or not how, how it's policed is going to be the big question. Three hours, one through. We'll do it again next week on the couch. We did it, Sonny. We you did it. You, you game for next week? Actually, I won't be available next week. So count me out. Great. I have to work. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then I'll do as long as I can go. Yeah. I've been known to do it for three hours. We'll do it, though. We'll at least be on air some for some amount of time. Maybe I'll bring you. Maybe we can get Brian or someone else to come in for a little bit. We'll see what happens. But that's going to do it for us on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Hope you enjoy your holiday weekend. If you drink, don't drive, or I'll strangle you if I know you. Everybody have a good one. Take care. And we'll see you next Sunday on the Couch Potato Sports Show. With that being said, season number nine next week, episode 15. We're out of here. Bye-bye.